1: It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you gotta check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the Reptile World's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system search by sex weight morph or other keywords and use our buy now option to buy that animal right now go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free be sure to link your marketplace account to your ship your reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book use the marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad it also gets fed to the reptile report and our powerful marketplace facebook page buying or selling you ship your Reptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time, arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder, then visit reptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related.
0: Episode, guess what episode this is? Oh I don't know. Uh a hundred. Two hundred and seven shows. Holy
3: shit. Why are <laughs> yeah. we do this? Anyway, two hundred and seven. <laughs> Holy crap.
0: Yes. Wow. This is episode two hundred and seven. We have Matthew Morris with us. Uh we're gonna be talking uh condros. Uh, we haven't had a Condro show in a while. Um so Yeah, you guys are chomping at the
3: bit. Yeah, we had we, to we had we, to throw a bone to the chondro people every once in a while to keep them happy and their bloodlust at, at at a calm pace. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know uh, Matthew, has, uh he he's one of the guys um, that is uh, he put together with uh, David Newman, who's no stranger to the show, has been on mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, they did like a uh, an extensive. I guess like a care sheet type of thing uh, for Condros that's over on the MVF, and yeah. uh, he's he, it's it's pretty cool uh, for people that uh, you know want some information about Condros, They should go over and check it out. Yeah, uh, if, for those new people, listen, Morelia, viridis forum is what MVF stands for. So just look it up, go over <laughs> and uh, and and check things out. They also have a Facebook page, Morelia viridis forum Facebook group. So you could also check them out on Facebook since everything is pretty much today on Facebook,
3: but, uh, <laughs> can you say that sounding any more sadder? Like, you know, can, we, can we like, you know, this, can we have like a sad piano playing while you say that? I mean,
0: I need like the incredible Hulk music.
3: just like that. Every time you mention yeah. the forum, that's just what happens. Ding, ding, so. ding, ding. Exactly.
0: Perfect. <clears throat> Love it. Um, but, uh, well, what I've seen as of late, it seems that, uh, I guess, very closely related to the Chondro, but not quite as pretty as a Chondro. Uh, well, rough scale well, seemed
3: some, to be... That's some people's
0: opinions. <laughs> <but> <laughs> rough scale seemed to be the uh, hot item of the week. Uh,
3: yeah. We know yes. two former guests have... Uh, purchased rough scales and blamed me for it. So um, I am so happy to take that blame. It's ridiculous. But uh, Bill uh, Spiegel got a trio and then Jamie Kearns got himself a pair. So uh, there's some more rough scales heading around to people that we know in the little extended Morelia family, which is awesome. Um, You're not allowed to buy any though, because you have to buy them from me. So you have to wait <laughs> until I get mine breathing, okay?
0: I don't know if All I can right. wait
3: on <laughs> no, no, that is a rule.
0: You know, I, I'm making you know, that a rule. <laughs> you know next year that, that that they'll probably be right where I want to. I know, them to be. <laughs> I know,
3: I know, I know. And nickel probably nickel probably produce them with Romulus, which is why I'll just be like son of a bitch. But um well, see, I will get your no, 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 no. That that does <laughs> <did> not count. <laughs> nice yeah. try. all so you were going yeah. there. Doesn't count. But it's still like it's something cool that I like having around, and I think they're a really cool species. So hey, more the merrier. So
0: yeah, definitely. I good. have uh, I have one. I was telling you this before we got on the show, but I have one mm-hmm. story before uh, before we bring Matt on, and yes. uh, you know when it comes to being a reptile nerd. I really am a reptile nerd. Really? I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, like uh, now that I I can watch YouTube through my TV, it's kind of like I, sometimes I don't even watch TV. I just watch these <laughs> different, uh, <laughs> different YouTube videos and whatnot. So anyway, one of the fans reached out to me and said that there was this uh, – this guy that has a YouTube page and uh, he keeps a bunch of different stuff and that I should check it out. And yeah. honestly, I don't – I want to say it's HLH Reptiles or something like that.
4: Yeah, okay. So uh,
0: I go on it and I'm watching it. And yeah, he does he does a lot of like ball pythons and you know various other types of things. And yeah, um, I, I'm flipping through like his videos and I see the video for Tinley Park 2014. And I'm like, I said, Oh man, we were there. I wonder what, I wonder what he took uh, pictures of, you know? So I'm, I'm not even thinking of our booth or anything like that. So I flip on the video and I'm watching it and Next thing I know, I see I see Matt Minutola's Borneos, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's Matt's Borneos! Oh my god, (laughs) I know those animals! I know those animals! Yeah, okay." I'm thinking, like, (laughs) I I don't know, I don't know why I was so geeked out about it, but I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my god, that's so cool!" You know. (laughs) So real quick, I'm messaging you guys. I'm like, I just saw Matt's animals on the thing. So they go, they go around, and then, um, sure enough, he's standing at our table. Yeah. And. He's holding one of your animals. What well, the time? I didn't realize that it was your brettles pythons. Ba- uh, He's well, holding a well,
3: baby brettles, yeah. Yeah,
0: and I'm standing there, and I'm talking to uh, Phil from Star Pythons, and you know, I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm on a YouTube video! This is nuts!" You know, like well, I, I don't you're know like, why I'm, why "I'm on would... a
3: YouTube video." We have a weekly <laughs> podcast that goes around I, the yeah. world, but you're like, "I'm on a YouTube video!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hi, mom. Yeah, that's it's what I... Like what? <laughs>
0: I don't know. It was just weird, you know, like to see yourself on the other side of it. Anyway, he goes back later on in the show and he shows these pickups. So I'm like, "Uh, I must have picked up some ball pythons or whatnot. And um, he starts opening up and he pulls out uh, a a Borneo. And he says, yeah, there was a whole bunch of uh, Bloods and Borneo uh, people there. And I'm thinking... No, there wasn't. No, was said, there the was only one. one that really had, the only one that had is Matt. Was Matt, you know? Matt and I'm like, yeah, that has it. to be Matt Snake. That has to be Matt Snake. So he's going through this whole speech about the snake, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he he pulls out his business card and he holds up his business card. He's like, yeah, his name is Matt Minnetola from Philly Herp. So if you ever want to, you know, check it out, here you go. Here's his card, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then he goes and he says, I've been waiting to work with this species for quite a long time. And, uh, I finally pulled the trigger and I'm pretty excited. So I'm thinking maybe he got like, uh, uh you know, I don't know, white lips or something crazy. So something, he pulls out these weird. brittle yeah. pythons and yeah. I'm like, a- brittle pythons. The only one that had, I said, Oh my God. God, he, that's Owens Brettel's Python. So yeah, I'm like waiting yeah, for him they're... to hold up the rogue reptile card. Never no happened. rogue. Card. Never <laughs> forget.
3: <laughs> <that>. <laughs> he, did, he gives this lovely speech about Matt Minitola, And then he shows off these two very good looking Brettel pythons that I produced. And he goes on and on and on about them. And then he, nothing happens. It ends. Now, I'm not mad, I swear. If this guy's listening, I totally, I'm so happy that you're knocked over by these Brettles pythons. Because I rarely ever get to see the After Effects when people buy them, when they get them home. So it was awesome yeah. seeing this dude like totally geek out over two animals that I produced. But I'm like, oh, yeah. no card. And so it was kind of funny <laughs> at the same It's funny at the same time because I messaged you. I'm like, those are my brettles. I didn't get a shout-out. Apparently, I'm not that high-end. So we yeah, go this year with our brand-new cool cards. <laughs> yeah, our new cards well, are going to be as cool worthy of shout-outs. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, maybe
0: you'll get a shout out this year. You know. I'm glad you yeah. I'm glad you uh your new logo uh just in time for Tinley Park. So maybe this time. I you'll know, get, you'll right? Get some love. So. But, but it brings but it was up a so good cool to watch it. Yeah, but it brings up a a a, a cool feeling mm-hmm. um that when you see animals that you've produced and with animals that you've raised and and like I can only imagine what it's like for these guys that have been doing it for 20 plus years and, you know, you know what I mean? And see animals that you produced and then those animals produced and must be pretty cool feeling.
3: I mean, that's what I've, what I've started to do is that if, if, um, if I have a really good picture of an animal and somebody buys it, I I usually, I have a uh, gallery on Rogue's Facebook page, which is sold babies. And I started it off as people would send me pictures of babies as they kind of grew up a little bit. But Mm -hmm. what I've been doing now is as people buy the babies, I chuck them into that gallery with like, you know, what it is and when they bought it or what Uh or who owns it now. And I like that because every once in a while I go in there and I'm like, Jesus Christ, these are all these babies. And I've only been doing this half the time is some of these guys and that isn't even all the babies it's just the ones that I particularly thought were you know really good looking or interesting looking or I had a really good picture of them just something to chuck mm-hmm. in there or they're going to somebody who is you know uh, prominent in the community like I have the one that uh, the one the caramel that you have is in that gallery mm-hmm. because you have it so right. you know and, and she's gorgeous mm-hmm. but you know above other <laughs> things it's like easy um so there's a bunch (laughs) of different stuff like that i mean it's just one of those things that, like it 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 kind of would it's something for potential customers to look at and i would love to get more pictures of animals that i've produced as they got bigger i think that would just be awesome so
0: right yeah kind of trace where they where where that where they're at and or or
3: how they're growing up if they look like their parents and some of that uh Zach just uh, sent me back a caramel he got from me in 13. And mm-hmm. it looks just like her mother, like exactly to a T. So I may keep it. <laughs> so I don't know yet. <laughs> but yeah. nice. It's awesome. Like okay. That.
0: That's true. Um, I guess that's enough rambling for me and you. Let's, that's uh, enough
3: rambling. Back to where we were.
0: The, let's Business. get this party started. Yeah. Get man on here. Hey Matt, welcome hey. to Morelli Python Radio.
2: Glad to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Of course. We're hey, ready to finishing talk some for talk.
3: Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I need to learn how to <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn how to keep my Ruby Ox happy, even though I'm pretty sure that's impossible. So <laughs> they're horrible. Anyway, um Matt, somewhere, why don't somewhere. you tell us? Yeah, why don't you tell us? Oh, especially the one Eric just gave me. I mean, I'm pretty sure he shuffled that off to me because he hates it. But we won't talk <laughs> about that.
0: Um, he's not called Grendel for any reason. <laughs> Other
2: horrible animal. Anyway. <laughs> no, Wait a minute. I thought Roos was supposed to be t- calm and tame.
3: Uh, <laughs> he didn't get that memo.
2: <laughs>
3: no, no. I've been bitten yeah, three times and we had him for like, what, four days? But um, anyway... <laughs> Matt, why don't you give us some background into uh, yourself and what got you started in reptiles?
2: OK. Um, uh, I guess I've always gravitated toward animals that were uh, a little less desirable, you know, rats, mm-hmm. bats, frogs, toads, lizards, uh, just a heavy emphasis on reptiles, basically, is it from a young mm-hmm. age. Uh, I guess there was two events, really, that kind of solidified my interest in reptiles, and basically snakes in general. Um, the first one was in elementary school probably about fourth grade i believe um i was kind of known for you know liking reptiles and my teacher mm-hmm. came to me saying hey there's a snake on the playground you know it's on the kickball field go remove it and so i said okay so i went over there and the other kids were kind of teasing it and and uh messing around with it taunting it it was really pissed off so um i was able to to neck it and i put it in a jar because i thought it was a little different it looked a little different than Anything else I'd really seen before, so I took it home uh-huh. and uh, Dad kind of freaked out about it and said, "Oh my God, this is dangerous! This is a copperhead, you know. I can't believe you caught oh, this thing." And holy uh, crap! <laughs> so he he took it in the jar and he proceeded to go to the bathroom and he flushed it down the toilet. And that. Was, oh you know, my that God, was, that was it. <laughs> um, but oh I God. got a hold of another. I got a hold of another book, and it turns out it wasn't a copperhead at all. It was water just snake. a uh, water snake exactly
3: yeah okay. and
2: uh, so you know i really <laughs> felt bad <laughs> uh-huh. you know, i felt bad for the snake and so uh, i kind of told myself you know i'm not going to make that mistake again so i you know i started trying to learn as much as i could about identifying local snakes and um so that kind of leads me into the next little chapter um i was in the school library about a year later and i came across mm-hmm. a book and it was um uh, was basically on Bill Host in the Miami Serpentarium. And uh, it showed pictures of him working with king cobras and milking different venomous snakes. And Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, I just stared at that book for, oh, God, I don't know how long, two weeks. (laughs) And I was just totally hooked. I mean, that's just kind of, you know, really solidified my interest in snakes right there.
3: Nice. So there were several points in your story where I was panicking, where I'm like, so the teacher just sent this child out for a snake? I mean, that is... That's, that's terrible yeah. or that could have ended was, poorly uh, <laughs> if it was a copperhead. I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, there wasn't much, uh, thought with that, uh, with that. Teacher. No,
3: no, that, that is, if that happened today, that would be stupid anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so how did you find your way into just pretty much, uh, general interest of snakes towards condos?
2: Um, oh goodness. Um. Sometime around the in the mid '80s, I was working with uh, Amazon tree boas, and uh, oh Lord. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is early on. I just I liked the boreal tree, you know, tree pythons or tree boas at that time. And mm-hmm. uh, one of my buddies knew um, one of the curators at the Fort Worth Zoo uh, named Dave okay. Bloaty. I believe his name was Dave Bloaty. Anyway, mm-hmm. I got a, uh, I arranged to get a kind of a behind-the-scenes tour of the reptiles house up there and uh, we were walking around and seeing the normal stuff and Dave kind of pulled me and said, yeah, I really got something cool to show you. So he went over to a box and he lifted up a uh, cover on it and uh, sitting right in the middle of that was a, and I have no idea what the, the type was, uh, locality type, but it was just this hormonal blue female chondro beehived around a bunch of eggs. And
4: uh, oh, that was the first time I'd seen, wow. a, seen
2: a live green tree and uh it was blue it was blue just solid blue which is gorgeous and uh that left really uh you know quite an impression on me so that was that's how i really got into it
3: there that is one of those things where it's just like uh everybody kind of drifts towards chondros the second they see a blue one so i don't know why <laughs> yeah. but it's just the blue. Yeah. One. everybody's like oh blue one done blue snake on a tree i that's all i ever <laughs> want now so <laughs> fall <laughs> python on yep. a stick anyway um what what's matt what size collection are you working with now
2: um i am pretty small compared to some people but i guess pretty big compared to others uh, i'm kind of limited <laughs> in what i got uh, okay. i would like to have more but i i have no, i have no room so i can't get any bigger really. right uh i have 12 adults i've got 15 subadults ranging from anywhere from 2 to 3 years old and then I've got uh 10 yearlings and I've got uh a brand new blaze uh, neo that I got uh from Bill Steagle one of his uh latest clutch and okay. I just acquired a um, nice. a, a signal herp kofi uh or canary ah, from uh, from that auction yeah yeah so uh that's that's the extent of my collection right now
0: wow is mm-hmm. the kofia is it uh what's it look like is it yellow is it green does it have some yellow? Um, some no green? it's not
2: a, it's not a full yellow one it's um it's kind of a, a a muddy yellow you know pretty pretty uh pretty good amount of green in there but it's a faded green so i don't know how else to gotcha. describe it. <laughs> It's a dirty yellow, okay. I guess. Is a better way to say it.
3: It's a it's a gotcha. three week old banana, where it's kind of like a greenish <laughs> yellow kind of a thing, where it's you know
0: exactly. maybe
3: a little fuzzy. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> did it look? Did it? Did it look any different? If, if like for instance, if you looked at an Rue and a Biak,
2: and you notice a difference in the house? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, this one, yeah, you could. Um, there's some where you couldn't. I mean, some are really just you know a green, green snake most part, but, uh, some will be, uh, be that dirty yellowish. And sometimes though, I mean, they'll, they'll fade in and out of uh, a brighter yellow to a dirtier yellow. Uh, I've seen them do that a couple times, you know, just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's hormones. I don't know what it, what's causing it, but, uh, they will change color to some degree.
3: Okay. Right. So there's some gotcha. alteration of the color. So, mm-hmm. so now, uh, can you tell us about the Chondro care sheet that you and Dave Newman put together on the MBF and what prompted oh, yeah. you guys to, what prompted you guys to kind of do this?
2: Um, <laughs> there's several different, uh, several different factors in this, um, mm-hmm. kind of a, a long winded story. So if I, uh, I tend to be a little long winded, uh, trying to go for it, <laughs> go for it. Right. Do it,
3: do I it. That's what it. you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Awesome. Um, I guess it started out, I was doing a guide, uh, not a guide, but I was doing a care sheet for my customers because I didn't have one at the time. And uh, I wanted something to give to them. Uh, But at the same time, there were several issues uh, that we were noticing on the NDF forum um, that were kind of, we kind of wanted to make something a little more uh, easy to, Access. Um, I guess the most one of the factors was that there was a a lot of myths and misconceptions about green trees. And uh, a lot of this information could be found on the Internet. But a lot of it was incorrect and, you know, potentially dangerous to the snakes. I mean, some of it was just um, just flat out wrong. And um, Mm -hmm. so that was one of the things we noticed. Um, The other thing, um, the, the the information that was out there was old, I and mean, in the, a lot of the um, techniques and husbandry uh, aspects had changed over the years. You know, Maxwell's book uh, came out in 2005, and it was a great book at the time, and it still really is a great book. Uh, but uh, some of those practices are a little outdated. Some of the husbandry methods have changed, and uh, those changes weren't really easy to find. So that was the other reason um the third reason is that we were getting a lot of people um coming onto the forum and asking the same questions over and over which you know yeah. the forum is all about that you know we're trying to mm-hmm. educate people um and the members were really good about answering questions uh, but we thought hey you know why don't we have something here that's easily accessible accurate you know up to date um and maybe we can you know save some of these snakes because a lot of them was too late um, a lot of times for some of them and so we thought well maybe we can get some information out there that can save some of these animals so um makes sense that's pretty much pretty much the first the first uh the main reasons why we wanted to to do the guide
3: Mm -hmm. so uh, how did you guys go about doing it
2: um, how do we go about doing it? We, um, yeah, I contacted, uh, Greg Schrader. Uh, he's the mm-hmm. main moderator from the MBF and, uh, I ran it by him he thought it'd be a, a great addition to the forum. And so, um, I, you know, decided, you know, let's do this, um, I started putting the information together and, uh, <laughs> it became, uh, obvious very quickly that I wasn't going to be able to do this alone um so i started trying to figure out who i could on list to help me and uh i started reading a david newman's long-winded post on mvf (laughs) and uh (laughs) i noticed he was uh pretty pretty darn good with words he was uh much much better of a wordsmith than i was and so uh i approached him about helping me out and uh he agreed to to help me finalize the project and get it set up on the MVF uh, for everybody. Awesome.
3: and I'm sure it's obviously been helpful in some places. Say so that for somebody, again? I mean, who's, I, I mean, I'm sure it's been helpful for somebody who's just getting into Condros to kind of read this oh, and go yeah. forward. I mean, I, I right. bet you, there's probably somebody somewhere who was really kind of, Screwing up who may have even killed their animals. So. Yeah. Well,
2: that, that was the whole reason, you know, to, you know, give somebody a good starting point. You know, it's not, it's not fully comprehensive on the care of green trees, but it's the basics and it should get you, you know, it'll, it'll keep a snake alive. At least it should.
3: Well, hopefully it will. <laughs> I think so. I mean, that's, 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 that's the main point.
2: <laughs> yeah, That's the main point. Yeah. Yeah, David. David said, was a huge help with this project, so uh, I can't really thank him enough for that. He's, he's put a lot of time into it, and uh, you know, it probably wouldn't be readable without him.
0: <laughs> is you said in the uh, like the, some of the misconceptions about chondros? What would you say that is the biggest misconception that people have about chondros? Like people contacting you and asking you a question or something that they thought was. You know their perception um, of how chondros
2: are. Right. Uh, I think the main two uh, that I can think of right now is that they're they're mean and that they're hard to keep. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are probably the the uh, the main two that I get the most you know questions about. Uh, that's, uh, or it's just the it's the reputation they have. You know. Uh, hopefully we can uh, debunk that myth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, carpets kind of get the same thing. I mean, uh, this is kind of off topic from what we were going to talk about, but it it, always—I'm always always wondering—and I guess it might be hard to say on a on a podcast. But what would you? How do you recommend handling uh, a chondro? Like removing it from the perch and
2: and and getting it uh, in your hands? Yeah. Most of these animals, you know, they're they're all individuals. First of all. And it really depends on uh, how that snake is behaving in mean, in reading your animal is a very key point when you're keeping your, just knowing, you know, read your animal, know what it, know what it likes, what it doesn't like, um, mm-hmm. uh, get an animal off a perch. Um, I'll do it. Um, I try to do it, let him come off. You know, I may have to bump him on the tail or something to get him moving, but I let him do all the work. I don't, I don't really peel him off the perch if I could avoid it and um, I don't think there's I think I have maybe two animals that really <laughs> kind of scare me uh, they're not real happy to be moved uh, but, but the rest of them the rest of them I can you know I can I can hand gently under their you know behind their head and, and kind of lift them off the perch and get them moving um, right and that's the adults you know if they're, if they're young um, I really don't try to mess with them if, if they're Anything you know under a year, I, I don't mess with them very much. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of problems that can happen with the you know, with the spine. They're still real delicate, and uh, I just don't want to take a chance with it. Did that answer your right. question?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about how you keep chondros. Um, what's your thoughts on keeping chondros, and uh, what are some tips that you would give listeners uh, uh, that are just getting into them?
2: um what's your approach i keep chondros what's my approach i have uh i've changed my approach over the years um compared to when i first out you know i kind of long along the lines of terry phillips and Ryan young onto uh, misting occasionally um, lower temperatures uh, i have nighttime drops in all my cages all year round uh, although in summer here in Texas, i don't get much of a drop um, just because it is hot, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't know if there's anything I don't miss, I'll wet the substrate if I'm getting ready to shed. Um, pretty, pretty basic stuff. As far as I mean, there's nothing mind blowing here, <laughs> I don't have any new relations, uh, but other than just I'm going more simple and not stressing about, uh, a lot of the, uh, things that I used to, you know, keep high humidity in there. And uh, I think causes more than it's worth. Right. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, For, Um, for new, new people, I would say, uh, don't buy on impulse. Do your research first. It, uh, Get everything you need up first before you bring your your animal home. Uh, Do not, I mean, I I don't think, I think captive, U.S. captive born and bred is your best route for a beginner. Uh, I think that Mm -hmm. uh, they're the easiest. uh, They're well started, at least they should be. If you get it from a regular breeder, they will be. it's a it's more of a positive experience to start out with, and uh, they're established. Uh, you start going a cheap route and you farm bred slash imported ones. I think that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of issues can happen with those. Um, I don't I don't think they're the best bet for beginners, personally.
0: Yeah, I would agree.
2: What kind of
0: uh, what kind of caging are you using? Do you use cages racks?
2: Uh... Uh, I've got uh, for my adults. I use Jim Sharphorn cages I've got uh, the 30 35 34 by 2 by my adult females and I keep my males in uh, the two by two cubes for for the adults for my yearlings up to about two years of age I have uh, I have a rack system it's back heated Various size tubs, you know, I, I tend to move when they need to be moved up size wise. I'll move the, the tub size up um, On the rack uh, For the neos, I got regular six quart shoe boxes with um, tote hanger perches and uh, Just a basic paper towel substrate on the, on the neos Okay
0: what about your approach to feeding? You, I, I mean, I, I see this that some chondro people like to keep their snakes bigger. Some keep them smaller. What's What's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I guess that's another another thing that I've done uh, over the years is I've I've really backed off on the feeding, um, kept them smaller, tried to thin them down a little bit. Um, I don't. I, I I do feed rats occasionally, but I think that rats have to be done carefully i don't think that uh i mean they've been you know prior to what we're how we're keeping them today i mean there were many many chondros uh that were raised strictly on rats and you know they all produced babies so um i think it can be done but i think it has to be done very carefully uh most of my adults are fed uh adults to jumbo mice um And Occasionally a rat not not too often, but occasionally just change things up a little bit
0: Yeah, I'm curious of your thoughts on that Uh, I had a conversation with somebody uh, From Australia and we were talking about varied diet, Uh, you know, we were talking about carpets and Mm -hmm. um, in particular at the time, but I, I Wonder I mean I know like if we ate the same diet all the time, we would survive. I wonder if it does anything nutritionally for the animal to, you know, to change up the diet every once in a while. Do you have any Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Um, I, uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, I know a lot of people are worried about introducing um, something, you know, some kind of parasite or bacteria into a condro from from a different food item um you know that's mm-hmm. always a concern or it is with some people um but yeah i mean changing it up you know a chick every now and then uh um, a rat pup or you know, you know a rat weanling or something like that i i personally i don't i think it's a good thing i i don't know um i don't know how it could be bad other than you know if you're really worried about diseases and stuff you know, coming from the different prey item. Right. So I don't, yeah. That's yeah, just right, I mean, that's I don't I know. From. Maybe
0: they, they, yeah. I thought it was interesting when we were having that conversation that, uh, you know, he was talking about that he, he varies it up and he's actually noticed the difference in the color of the snake. Uh,
4: oh, wow. He was yeah. doing it with him
0: in in particular, but uh, he, he did this huh. experiment with a, a bunch of, of. Uh, of, of these snakes and you noticed the difference which I thought was pretty interesting. Huh. Okay. That is interesting. With that, mm-hmm. with that being said, what do you think about, um, do you have any thoughts behind, this is another one that I think people forget about, but water, just water in particular. I know here in Philadelphia and uh, Owen can, att- there's very hard water. Yes. Um, You know, uh, do you have any thoughts on water quality when it comes to chondros?
2: Um, a little bit. I, you know, we have hard water here as well. And, you know, when I used to spray my cages, I'd get, you know, the the buildup, you know, all over the back wall and on the windows sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I read something, um, somewhere back in the archives of, um, of the MVF, uh, and I think Maxwell said something like he thought that hard water was causing kidney failure in his neos. I don't know if there's any truth to that, um, but I start my neos when I do my neos up to about six months, I do them on pure bottled spring water,
4: okay. and
2: um, you know, I don't know, I you know, I've had people you know say that it doesn't matter, but I just That's just where i start them you know about six months then i'll start slowly changing over to my tap water you know we have tap water here that's really good quality it is hard um but it's it's good quality i think that if i had to change something i think um and i I may do this uh, but i may get a filter that eliminates the chlorine out of the Mm -hmm. water um i think the, the less chemicals that we put into those snakes the better uh, but I'm not doing that right now. I'd like to, and I may do that in the future, but as of right now, I just use the tap water on all my animals.
3: Right. One of those water filtration systems for the house or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Interesting. Um, I have a question coming in from, uh, from Buddy from, uh, Stony Creek Captives. He says, what do you think is the optimal size for a chondro?
2: optimal size, um, Mm -hmm. male or female. Um, I guess is what I would ask. Let's Um, do female. (laughs) Let's
3: uh, let's do both.
2: (laughs) Let's do both. All right. Um, yeah. Um, I think after listening to Daniel Latouche, uh, and his thoughts on, you know, the size of wild chondros, um, Mm -hmm. I, I really I think that each animal is going to be different. Um, I've got several animals that turned out to be much larger than, uh, for instance, I've got a, um, a lemon tree beak male that was outgrowing uh, an animal, a male, from the same year. It was about five months difference in the hatch date, but he was twice the size as that other male. And I think some of the animals are just going to be bigger. Um, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I grow mine fairly slow. Mm-hmm. I think right. my females will tend to be bigger, faster than the males. Um, uh, but optimal weight. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, I think that after four years, uh, when the is ready to breed, um, you know, if she's, if she's above 600 grams at four years, and like I said, I don't push my animals, but I also don't start them. But if right. she's 600 grams or better at four years of age, I'm going to put her with a male. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. I think the age is more important really, uh, for a female males, um, uh, <laughs> they can, you know, they're, they can be ready to go at, uh, 250 grams sometimes. So it's uh, you know I've heard I've, I've heard of that I've never had one but right. I have heard of that um, so I I don't know I don't I don't know if I have a, a good answer for that <laughs> right
0: well,
2: that's, I think wouldn't
0: don't you think that maybe even within locality area I would think um,
2: yeah um, I I was thinking that too. Um, I, I had a, a Waimina female years ago that, I mean, she barely pushed 700 grams. And uh, then I saw the one that uh, Bill Stiegel had, and uh, that thing's a monster, I mean, hmm. compared to the one I had. So, um, you know, I, I I would like to think that, you know, r- you know, each locale type may have a general size, but I, I don't know what that would be. I think they're each individuals, hmm. and they're going to. You know, they're going to grow at different rates and depending on how you feed them and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I would think it's with, I mean, some with every animal, you're going to have some that are bigger and smaller. I mean, look at me and Owen. You got the real big guy,
4: (laughs) small guy. All
0: right. Exactly. Exactly.
3: I have gotten I've gotten better. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> I was talking about height, Owen. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah. All right, um, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know
3: we were talking about feeding and raising carbon pythons again about how like, you know, your two thousand thirteens are skinny no. little worms and mine are like eight feet monsters. So anyway. <laughs> I digress.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um what about, you know I often go back and forth with this, and and I was curious on your thoughts uh, on somebody that's uh, maybe getting a, a like a chondro as a pet, or you know uh, they're going to set it up maybe in a holistic type of enclosure. Um, but I often wonder. It seems that chondros are more. Um, uh, more susceptible to stress, which can lead to uh, various yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, uh, like keeping them in a naturalistic setup, uh, do you think there's pros and cons to that? Do you think that's more for the keeper, more for the kept? uh, which-
2: uh I think there's some merit in in a in a natural vivarium situation. Um, I think it enriches. You know, the snake he has more to to explore and keeps him occupied. Um, it, you know, if it's heavily planted or have a lot of fake plants in there, it probably um, would make him feel more secure uh, and less prone to stress from you know things moving around outside the cage. Um, I think that that's yeah, it is for the keeper, um, but I think to some degree it's also for the snake. Um, I would think that a natural aquarium or vivarium like that um, would be good for people with small collections if they would do that if they choose to go that route um mm-hmm. you know bioactive substrate would be awesome uh, i think that's mm-hmm. really a cool idea and if i had one or two chondros i would probably probably do that however with the collection i have um i don't think it's practical uh time-wise to to have a setup like that i think that uh there's a lot lot going on and maybe needs too much of the of my time uh so to speak right, right. You know, to care take care of it um but yeah i think i think there's a a definite advantage um at least visually uh they're awesome looking and i think there is a little bit of uh a little bit of uh, helpful additional exercise and exploration exploration for the snake to you know i guess what's the uh what's the word i'm looking for um oh I don't know <laughs> i can't think of it right now but uh just extra stimulus stimulus that's, that's the word i was looking for
3: stimulus enrichment and stimuli yeah i got you enrichment there you go yeah my zoo stuff coming out again anyway <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> but I, I i could definitely see that i mean obviously if you have an entire bank of chondros or a bunch of cages having a naturalistic setup in each one would be daunting Um, but if you only got one or two, why not set them up with a naturalistic setup? So I could Mm -hmm. see that. So that's cool. Um, I would be just more concerned about temperature and stuff like that. If you put a big display room and tank in your like living room or something like that. So I guess that would be something that would hold me back. Um, but let's talk breeding chondros because that's what a lot of people, whenever we do a Condro show, that's what everybody's like glued to is they want to know how the hell do they make more of these things. So they want to always hear about exactly what everybody we have on does for breeding. Uh, so why don't you, uh, they're all different. Why don't you different, walk? Everybody's different. They ex- extremely different, but um, why don't you quick, just do us a quick overview of your uh, breeding. And then we're going to walk through some questions too. So how do you get you guys uh, set up for breeding?
2: all right um i guess i start off um here in texas where i'm at it doesn't really start getting uh, cool until about october and uh, that's usually when i'll start uh, putting my guys together Um, usually i'll see uh, if i see a male cruising around earlier uh, if he goes off feed and he starts cruising then i'll uh, i'll uh, find a female for him uh, put him in and i don't i don't start i don't really cool like I said, I, I have a, a I run about 82 daytime high to about a 75 degree nighttime drop, and I do that year round. Um, during the summer, I don't I don't get I only get like a 70 down to a 79 degree um, Fahrenheit drop here in, in the summer. Uh, come October, it does start dipping down a little bit more. Okay. Um, but I, I don't I don't cool them, you know, per se. Um, so, and I will introduce go ahead.
3: I mean, so do you think that cycling males in and out of breeding? I mean uh, do you think that's kind of uh, Makes a huge difference when you're trying to breed a Big girl to a little guy. I mean, I know you said you like you said you don't really cool down at all or anything like that so. Well,
2: I, I, I do cool down. It's just not okay. It's not real drastic. I do it with the okay. weather and Okay, as, as, as our weather here gets cooler my mm-hmm. temperatures inside the house will go down, so it's it's gradual. Like I said, in October it starts the the nighttime starts getting down. You know, we may get uh, in the low 70s, uh, 73, 72, you know, somewhere in there. Um, okay. And so, so it's it, I do have a nighttime drop, um, but it, it it's basically based on the weather, you know, outside weather. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be, it, it varies a lot. Um, but so if I put a male in with a, uh, a small male in with a big girl, is that what you were saying? Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. So a small boy with a big girl. Cause that's usually yeah. what, uh, where some people kind of run into problems is getting a little boy to breed a big girl.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think that at least with me, um, first time males, if it's, a, if it's a small male mm-hmm. and the girl is, is, you know noticeably be bigger um if it's his first time i'll usually put her in with him and okay. um, then they go if, if they're not compatible if she starts you know whipping her tail and whipping urates all around i'll i'll, I'll let them sit in there for a few minutes just to make sure she did not calm down if she doesn't calm down if she grounds herself and she's still spraying urates everywhere i'll take her out and say it, okay it, this is Yes. to it gonna work
3: yeah, yeah it's clearly, clearly we're not happy here. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah why, why can this crap? Um, whatever will pull them out. Exactly. So, yeah, if I
2: have a, if I have a male that's a, a, an aggressive breeder, but he's small, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll put him in with i I'll put him in the female's cage. I'll, I'll, you know, depending on the male, if he's an aggressive breeder, I'll put him in the female's cage and, and let him try that. Uh, okay. And that's worked for me too.
3: Okay. Very cool. So, uh, back to your breeding scheme, you said about October you're cooling down kind of, uh, riding the weather downhill towards your right. drop, temp, right? And
2: that's, and that's when I'll introduce them. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll pick my pairings and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, usually, well, it depends on the male. Like I said, if it's a, a, a shy male or a first year male, I'll put the female in his cage. Um, Otherwise, I'll just move the, the male into the female's cage if I'm not worried about it. Um, and then I'll see how they react. Um, if if there's a, a problem, uh, you know, if she's not happy and stressing, then I'll remove her, and I'll try again in a couple more weeks. Um, the And I don't normally, that, that's what I do first. I, I'll put them in and see if they're compatible. If they are, uh, I'll leave them in there, and I'll, I'll pull the male out probably every two weeks during that part of it and try to feed him if he'll eat. Some of my males do, some of my males don't. Uh, and then mm. I'll feed the females at that time as well. Uh, and I just I just kind of do that. And go, you know, every two, three weeks, I'll pull the male out, give him a little break. If I'm doing uh, multiple females with a male, um, I'll, you know, give him a, a two, three-day break, and then I'll put him in with another female. And you know I've done that before.
3: Okay. You ever tried putting two girls with one male in the same cage, or is that just like blasphemy when it comes to chondros? I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I
2: don't know. I, I see a lot of potential problems with that one, but
3: uh, I, I imagine I, I just that. didn't know. Never heard of that. I've never heard of that. <laughs> heard of that so. uh, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get Bill Siegel to like send me a very important email tomorrow. Is what I'm trying to get. <laughs> so if I can get there, I'm going to be a happy man. But, um, so what is I'm sorry, it's over now. I've been trying to keep composure, but it's done anyway. Um, what, uh, when, when it comes to reproduction, what, uh, what size should your females be, um, before you kind of take them into I know you touched on a little bit about the uh 600 gram females as you're ready to go, but what age do you kind of look at them to be like, now you're ready? Time to go. Here you go. Uh,
2: minimum of four years for me. Um, okay. I, 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 I think that three is just, I mean, I've heard of three year old females going, um, mm-hmm. but it's just not something I would do. I just, I like them older and I think you'll get uh, a better clutch from an older female.
3: Okay. That, that makes some sense. And that's the same way with carpets. I'd rather wait a year it, than yeah. push a female. Yeah. So something that happens or has been known to happen in carpets, and we're a little curious if it happens in uh, the Chondros, is uh, dual paternity. Can you have one clutch with two dads, or is it really hard to tell because they all come out freaking yellow or red?
2: (laughs) Um, I think there are instances where you could actually be for certain which male it would be. I I don't – I can't think of offhand right now that exact situation, but <laughs> I, 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 uh, I know that there's always a question when there's two males on which one was the dad and, and everybody's guessed. and There hasn't been a whole lot of uh, for sure it was this one. And, there, and there's always that question. Right. Uh, I, I personally, I, I hate that strategy just because you don't know where, mm-hmm. you know, where, what the dad was. Um, and I, yeah, I love my lineages lineages and I I don't want to screw those Mm -hmm. up. So, yeah. I mean, I imagine
3: playing like hopping around boys in the condros were very, very important is kind of a no, no. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'd imagine that's pretty bad. So it it was um, done.
2: It was, that was done. I mean, they, they did multiple males. Um, I know. Gene uh, Beset did it and I, I think some other early breeders did it as well um, But I just I I personally just I don't like it
3: <laughs> Yeah, I like knowing
2: I, yeah. I like knowing who the dad was
3: Yeah, and it, it you know what I'm pretty much the same way I'd prefer to be able to tell you exactly who came from where and what so not to shed light on that stuff um, right. Now you, you did say that now do you take your car do you take your chondros off feed or do you wait for them to go off on themselves and when do they kind of do that
2: yeah I, I wait for wait for them to go off feed the males um they they're they're males i i uh they're tough to to figure out as far as when they're going to mm-hmm. eat when they're not uh i've heard several people say that uh theirs never go off feed um uh, and others say that always go off feed you know six months you know or, or as long as you're Putting them on females they'll go off feed so if you know mm-hmm. if a male goes off feed for six months I'm not worried about it um, females I've really when when they ovulate and they're gravid mine go off feed um, I don't know if anybody else has ever, ever fed while while they're gravid uh, I'm sure there's okay. exceptions uh, you know tunndras yeah. okay. always throw a little curveball at you um, seems like there's always an exception to the rule, but for the most part, uh, once my condos ovulate, um, they're done eating.
3: Okay. So they just, they just shut themselves do you, down.
2: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, Do you, yeah, I feed them as long as they'll take food. Yeah.
0: Do you notice if once the female is ovulated, do you see any kind of, um, uh, uh, any kind of like does she ground herself uh do you see anything like that or do they typically Um, stay up on the perch
2: yeah mine typically stay on the perch they're they're very uncomfortable during that follicle development and during that uh ovulation stage uh and so they move around Mm -hmm. the perch a lot i've never had one ground themselves um i've seen them crawl around on the ground at night but never never seen them stay there they always go back to the perch
3: Okay, so,
0: um, what oh, I'm going to jump in here. Go, real ahead, quick, Eric. Owen.
3: So go ahead, Eric.
0: When, go I'm ahead. I'm just bringing these up because we were talking about this, uh, last week, but not on the show, yeah. but off the show, as mm-hmm. far as like, if you have a, a female that is hormonal blue, right. And let's say that she turns blue outside of the quote unquote breeding season, um, do you think that that typically would be a clue to, to maybe put a male in there? Yeah,
2: What's I do. Um, I've never had that happen, but I've, I've seen that in other people's chondros. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a good sign uh, that she's she could be developing follicles. Um, that's that's my two cents on it.
0: Right. What about as far as like um, I don't know if you said this um, when you were you were hitting on this in the beginning, but. Um, as far as, uh, introducing a male, do you think that that has anything to do with, uh, the female developing follicles? Um, does that um, sort of, uh, stimulate that growth?
2: Yeah, I, am I, I do. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that that does have something to do with it. Uh, I, I usually, I know some people wait till they see the female, you know, developing follicles before they put them in. Uh, I know some people have right. sonograms and go by that. I wish I could afford a sonogram, but you know what? I'm, I'm just not. You know, I, I want things to to happen. I don't want to have to sit there and take a female out and see how big the follicles are. If she's ready or not. Um, I'm, I'm not right. there yet, <laughs> uh, so I just kind of let things happen <laughs> when they when they do. Um, so I I don't I don't know. I I really do think that the male has something to do with it. Uh, I think it triggers something. Um, once right. they start breeding, Um but then again, you know, cooling down mm-hmm. may too. There's a lot, a lot we don't know. At least I think we don't. Uh, still got a little right. more well uh, things to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I would think I would think that there's multiple
0: triggers in getting a female and male to, yeah, to breed. Yeah, I would think so. You I
2: know, would think
0: yeah. so. You know, it's not just one one thing. And I think <laughs> maybe it might even be individual animals may, you know. Prefer this over that. Um, really, mm-hmm. a cookie cutter type of thing, so much. Do you have any thoughts on light cycles or feeding cycles?
2: Mm. Light cycles, I quit using lights. I had uh, in my sharp horn cages, I had uh, little um, fluorescent light fixtures in there, and uh, they generated a lot of heat and kind of threw off the heat gradient in there um so i quit using those probably three years ago i have one window in my office uh where i keep my animals and i just use that you know the ambient light from outside that's the only light that they get Uh, i use the lights inside the cages uh for cleaning when i do cleaning it helps me see better in there Um, that's the only time i use the lights in there um so they you know they get what what's happening outside is what they get Right, uh, cool. as far as feeding, feeding schedules, um, I don't, I don't keep feeding records anymore. I, I quit doing that. Um, it, it was time consuming, uh, and I feel like I know my animals, you know, well enough now that I don't have to do that. Um, right. I feed, I'll feed sporadically. Um, sometimes I'll feed every, I don't know, maybe a male, I may feed him. Every three to four weeks, a small meal, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I'll do that for a month or two, and then maybe change it up. I'll give him three small meals right in a row, you know, um, just just to change things up. There's there's probably no rhyme or reason to it, uh, but I like keeping things you know a little different for him.
3: Makes sense. Yeah. So. Uh, with the with clutches i I know we're i know the big thing is is a lot of people put a lot of stock on red uh babies (laughs) and yeah obviously people really want red dominant animals um how many clutches is required before you consider a chondro to throw red dominant animals or be a red dominant animal
2: (laughs) um yeah that's a that's a very uh Long debated subjects on the, over on the MVF. Yes, um, <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we love
4: it. <laughs> uh, I had, yeah, I had
2: one, I had a male Ymina. It was just an outstanding mm-hmm. Ymina. It was really, um, I really loved that animal. Uh, he, I got him from my buddy Andrew Amen, who lives here in town with <laughs> me. and um, we paired it up with a Maruki female one year, and she had, the year before, she had all yellow babies. We paired yeah. her up with a Wamina and she had all red babies. Um, in this case, I wanted to try the male again with an animal that had um, yellow background, in other words, from a yellow Neo. Uh, to see if mm-hmm. he would actually prove out to be red dominant If he had, I re, and depending on the clutch size, I think that's important too. I think you know if you have under eight eggs, then it's probably uh, you probably need at least three clutches to be for sure. But this is just this is just my my opinion. I really have this is a <laughs> a subject that's probably deeper than than I I know anything about. But uh, it to me, I, I'd say three. If you have three small clutches of eggs um and they're all red all three times i'd say you're pretty confident um if you have large clutch and you have two uh two clutches that are large i'd say yeah you probably, probably get a good bet that it's uh, red dominant uh, does that make any sense
3: that's
2: just my two cents uh you know I, I could be totally off on that uh genetics are definitely not my strong point uh, and I, and there's a lot, a lot of speculation on the red dominant stuff anyway. So, um, that's just my, that's what I think. I think that, uh, hmm. if you have three small clutches and they're all red, I think you get a pretty good ch- chance of that. Right. I could be
3: wrong. I could be wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't put a ton of stock into the whole, like better animals come from red babies or something like that. I, I don't know. Case. Well, you
2: know I, I, you know where that came from, don't you? That was pretty yeah. much from, from no. Trooper. Yeah, Trooper okay. Walsh. Uh, he's really started breeding for the maroon, maroon chondros, the red chondro babies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, that, and a lot of the designers, the, the better-looking animals were coming from the red neos, and there's just more uh, potential, I guess is a better way to say it, from the red neo than there are from the yellow ones. So that's why the red is more desirable. When you're talking mm. designers
0: in particular, mm-hmm. I still can't—I can't wrap my head around it, how you guys can pick out. And uh, maybe you guys are just guessing, and I, I, it looks <laughs> like you're picking picking out animals that are going to be winners. But like, I, I see these crazy-looking designer animals when they grow up, and I mean, do you look for anything in particular? in the neos, uh, to, 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 to like, that's going to be a killer animal. I mean, say, say, I see uh, a lot of your stuff as high yellow. I mean, do you, yeah, and do I, and you I, find and it that,
2: high yellow? So I'm not going to be a good judge of, uh, picking out a really good, uh, Neo from a certain bloodline. I mean, typically you're going from where that bloodline is, you know, what that bloodline is known for and you put it with another well-known bloodline and you know, something's going to going to come out of it. Now I don't have enough experience with those type of animals to, to know what to look for. Um, I really don't. I mean, and some people do some people can really pick out a good one. Uh, and maybe it is just luck. Um, maybe they're right. looking for certain markers, you know, within that, within that Neo and say, Hey, this one doesn't have much of a pattern. It's going to be, you know, really dark. Um, you know, don't have a lot of melanism in it or something like that. Uh, I really don't – I haven't dealt enough with blue line stuff and some of the higher-end designer stuff to, to be able to to pick those out uh, since I work mostly with the, the yellow stuff. And I guess once I, you know, produce enough yellow babies, uh, maybe I'll have something I look for, you know. <laughs> so right. that's, that's – yeah, I, I don't have enough experience with the blue line stuff to – so,
0: so even if, like, let's talk high yellow. Uh, when you're the yellow neonate, is there something? I mean, is that just a you, you wait and see how it progresses? You hold everything back, type of thing, um, and then just pretty, see how yeah, pretty that much at develops?
2: this point. Pretty much at this point. Um, I once you get a pair, um, like say I had um, a high yellow pair, and they had neos. I raised most of those up and i saw what they did and i know i know what the neos look like so when i breed that same pair again i know what to look for now if i mix it up if i put another male in there or whatever um it, the results are going to be totally different i won't really have um something to you know i can kind of guess but that same look may turn out different you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely um, you know and <laughs> unless you get uh I don't know it's to me, it's, it's, it's kind of a guessing game still. I mean, you can, you can definitely increase your odds with with the bloodlines if you know, well-known high yellow bloodline. Um, you can, you know, you're going to get some, some high yellows in there. What degree of yellow you're going to get? Uh, you know, I don't know if there's anything in a Neo that's going to tell you that at this point. When you're doing
0: uh, high yellow stuff, is that typically, uh, I know there's still debate on whether or not, uh, you know, there's two different or three different species of chondros. You know, uh, are, are you seeing high yellow from a specific locality cross with another locality or, you know, sometimes I wonder if like you're getting these crazy designer animals because it's really hybrid vigor type of thing, you know, like you're right. getting <laughs> almost like a car type of thing, you know, you see these crazy things because you're <laughs> you're crossing, you know, two different species. Um yeah, do you have any thoughts true, on huh? that? And
3: <laughs> all your pretty and... chondros are hybrids. Eric just said it. All your pretty <laughs> yeah. chondros are hybrids. Well, all uh, of them. Doesn't mean no there's still not. Have, that's what <laughs> Eric just said. They're unpure mutts. Yep. I'll well, I uh, we end the episode there.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh yeah, they're all hybrids. Um I guess um I mean all the designers came from you know different locales at one point so um I sure what I've noticed um I guess the beox of course are are known for the the high yellow stuff um and I guess with enough you know if you selectively bred beox for yellow I guess eventually you would get you know, some high yellow B Uh, I know that those are some German sarongs that are just really high yellow, uh, over there. They've got some nice high yellow sarongs over there. Um, of course the canaries. Really? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. they do. High yellow well,
0: sarongs. Wow. That surprises me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, the lemon tree line, um, I think basically came from, uh, PNG animals mm-hmm. and um they they produce some high yellow stuff obviously. Um mm-hmm. so I guess I, I I don't know if I have a real good answer for that. Um my yellow stuff comes from a lot of different places. Um and, mm-hmm. and most of it is designer stuff. I, I'm trying to mix some uh kofi you uh the canary stuff and with it i've got some um uh, os animals high yellow os animals i've got a beautiful male from uh kimberly birds of southern Condros um that was uh one of her creations it's just it's an awesome male almost uh probably 90 percent yellow with uh, blue markings on it it's just a really cool animal um you know stuff like that you know he's got lemon tree in it um He's got some other stuff in it. Uh, you just never know what's going to pop up. Never know.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the. I know a lot of people typically go for the high blue, but I personally mm-hmm. am a fan of of the high yellow. Um, yeah. I hear you about that. <laughs> yeah, and, and when I look at, I was looking at your uh, your Facebook page where you had your. I was just. Wow, animal oh, after exactly. animal, I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> wow. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so more, some yeah, of them, are so pretty cool. neat. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like so, if you wanted to say you wanted to get into a, a high yellow project, really, what you want to pay attention to is 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 really the lineage, I guess. Figure yes. out what the uh, uh, what lineages throw those high yellows and and
2: go back, right? I, I mm-hmm. think so. I think that's your best bet. I mean, like I said, you can always um, you can always start with some really high yellow B ox and hope that you get something. But um, some of these high yellow bloodlines, you know, you, you know, we're working on refining them and, and getting the uh, high yellow to come out a little more often. So I think the chances are better when you get a, an animal from a high yellow bloodline.
0: Very cool. Cool. Sorry, Owen. I, I hijacked you again. So he's yeah, <laughs> doing it. It's fine. I'm
3: totally fine. I just got to make sure I keep track of where it's supposed to go. Um, so now, do you offer a night drop for your juvenile chondros, your young ones that are not getting ready to go to breeding, or do you just oh uh, you just keep them warm 24 hours a day?
2: No, I. i'd I have a nighttime drop for everything. Uh, I really don't okay. feel like it's, it's a natural thing for them to have a constant temperature for, for any snake. You know, it's not that's not what happens. So Makes I don't sense. do <laughs> Makes
3: make sense. Makes sense. And uh, I guess I'm kind of moving towards that as well. But uh-huh. uh, I know Eric's been doing that forever. But, of course, he also uh, monitors the phases of the moon as well as various <laughs> other things. I mean –
0: Hey, listen.
3: To <laughs> <laughs> We're at a baseball game. He's like, "It's a full moon." I'm like, "Jesus Christ, not again!" And he's like, "All right, dude." So,
2: anyway, well, you know that, that's oh, another thing. That's another thing that I do with the. the I see uh, breeding activity uh, on on big, strong cold fronts that come in, like big storms. The Breeding, yeah. acti- breeding activity really increases at least here. It that is. is-
3: that is for reptiles across the board whether it be snakes um yep. frogs i mean like if there is yep. <laughs> a snowstorm or a thunderstorm my animals are breeding are looking for food are doing whatever the hell they want so that's mm-hmm. i mean that that is across the board any kind of weather system they're going nuts yeah so, no idea why but that's th- th- what happens <laughs>
2: i thought i put that in there for the breeding part that was just another little thing that i've you know, if, if I'm going to pair something up and I don't and I see a storm coming, then I'll throw them in there together.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Use the weather to your advantage. Yeah. So. Cool.
2: Uh, have
0: you ever tried uh, maternal incubation with chondros? That's my goal. My goal is to do all maternal <laughs> incubation with chondro couches. <laughs> so, so.
2: Man, we well. aim high. <laughs> definitely uh no i i want to um but i've never done it and uh you know i'm i'm, I'm torn it's, it's 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 a risk uh, sometimes and uh I, I i just can't bring myself to do it i want to but i, I guess i gotta find the right pair yeah. to do it with
3: I, I don't know it's one of those things <laughs> of like we went we went over to buddy's house and he goes oh this one had eggs so we had to lock her in the box so she'd take care of her babies i'm like that's <laughs> yeah that's a horrible mother. It's like, you know, I don't trust her anymore. I wouldn't exactly. know if she was like, if she had moved them to like the corner of the little tub that she was in to totally ignore them. Because, no, no, she's locked uh-huh. in there. She has to take care of them. So Yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, I would never trust them. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to lock them in there.
3: Yeah, it sucks. You have to like force them to take care really? of their babies. Yeah, you have to, to lock them, them in
2: there. <laughs> yeah, Why? buddy because has they'll to... lay the eggs
0: like in the in the water bowl or something like that.
2: Well, no, no. I mean, if 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 they're in the nest box, you can in in the say three four days a week later they decide to hey I don't want to do this anymore and they just get off the eggs. Yeah, remember, buddy. If you don't see it, they'll die.
3: Yeah, buddy has a shifting like the two buckets in one. Where the second he realizes they're eggs, he just spins the outer bucket so that the door shuts and she can't get out. So yeah. she's forced to stay in there oh, and I think thought. the I, baby.
0: I thought Buddy had that set up because he wanted uh the he was worried about the female just laying the eggs in the water bowl or laying the no, eggs he, in the wrong like he, from the perch type of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he,
3: he told yeah. me a few times that it's like Three four weeks later, all of a sudden, she's up on the perch and she's like, "Screw it, I don't want to do this anymore." So he <laughs> locks them in there so they have to do it. So, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. That's the other I would, thing.
0: Yeah, that's I got to tell you though, too. man, you guys are really missing out. You guys are really missing out because Quite there's nothing you cooler, with your maternal. There's nothing cooler <laughs> than see. And this past year, I I didn't do it, you know, um, <laughs> but. It is a cool experience and my goal is to do it with as many Python species as I can, you know, and I think
2: I think I think it's a cool thing to do, too. I just can't bring myself to do it.
3: (laughs) I can't do it. I can't. I don't. I can't do it. There's there's too much at stake here. And, you know, and there's nothing funnier when your friend who does nothing but talk about maternal incubation shows up to use your incubator. I mean, that is what (laughs) I live for. So, Uh
0: yeah. Okay.
2: What well, uh, anyway, happened one time? <laughs> <then> i
3: till the day I die. We'll never let this go. So yeah. anyway,
2: I was going to throw in one more thing about the uh, yeah breeding females um, that you, you yeah. kind of reminded me of. Um, right before, like after their prelay shed, I will uh, uh, I'll wait one week and then I'll pull the water bowl and the perch out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just I don't want
3: to take any chances. So give her no yeah. options. But to go
2: exactly. to the nest box.
3: <laughs> if you want to be comfortable, you sit on the nest box. Yeah. And there's wow. no guarantee go there.
2: I had one lay behind the uh, nest box last time. So there's wow. no guarantee. But at least they're on the ground. so
3: Yeah, thank good. you. At least they're not, like, dropping them from midair. <laughs> I mean, exactly. waiting to see them hit the ground. Jesus.
2: Yep. Yeah, that could
0: that could be really Nerf, bad.
3: Yeah, it could be very bad. Nerve-wracking little. Never good. Ch- never Andros. good. Yeah. Wow.
0: Um. I, I, I wrote down a note as you were talking earlier, and you said something about you had some Wamina um, uh, blood floating around in your in your collection. What do you think about yep. – wasn't there a, a debate a few weeks back about the whole <laughs> Wamina <Yeah>. locality?
2: <laughs> What's your yeah, thoughts there, on that?
0: There's be, oh, I,
2: yeah, there's always going to be – oh, I – yeah, there's – uh, the locale thing is always uh, you know it's always a, a hot topic it seems like mm-hmm. um, it's been beat to death uh, I, I don't know I know there's several places that are uh, they're named for the area where the snakes are taken from but yet there's no snakes caught in that particular location um, mm-hmm. so uh, you know I think that um, it is what it is I mean you 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 a ymina type, and you you know what that looks like um, for the most part. Um, coloration, uh, tails, colors. I mean, there's all sorts of you know little indicators of different locales. But um, to me, it's it's um, it's just a name. Um, I think that everybody right. knows that uh, it is uh, from a certain area, and what name you put to that is I don't know. It's 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 already been named, so. Why change it? That's kind of my thought.
0: Yeah, makes, I think sense. Sense. I, yeah. I would. I would agree with you. I mean, when you have a specific look, uh, you know, or phenotype to a specific named right, animal, right. I mean, regardless of whether it's exactly from, I don't know. You could get crazy with localities. I mean, I mean, if you like move, <laughs> uh, you look at some of the gray band people. I mean, you know, it's like I got this yeah. on Route Forty Two at. Ke- Crossroad, <laughs> you know, blah blah blah, and you know, yeah, keep getting important. nuts. So I did, the, I did the. Well, it while, is so if you I can know. pick up the animal. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, you say. I mean, if you if you're the one that's yeah. actually picking up that locality, then I guess you can really mm-hmm. say hundred percent that this is what it is. Right, and,
2: and that's a that's a lot different. uh, uh you know, I've 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 been in that group of collectors, and and I, you know, you know who to trust um mm-hmm. but if, you know you know where the snakes are coming from and, and, and they do have certain looks to them uh with the chondros though i mean there's just no telling uh what the you know the the importers are are calling them or where they're coming from uh but like i said you know if it's always been called the wamena type and looks has a certain look to it then you know i'm good with that i'm fine with it
0: All Right. i just got a question in from the chat room that says I guess they're one, they want to know, are, what do you think about the southern-northern thing? Do you see them as separate species? I, I guess that's what he's asking. Do you see them as um,
2: – I, I can't for you, In I can see I, – I think there are two. Um, I, I'm dying to see the paper when it comes out. Um, if it hadn't already, I haven't got a copy of it if it already is out yet, um, but I'm dying to read it. Uh, there
4: is,
2: yeah. I can send it
0: to you. There's um, – I think it's Daniel? the Barkers that did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you after the show. The Barkers well, I was, I was did thinking, uh, a paper where they split it um, out.
2: Yeah, but uh, didn't Daniel Latouche, he, wasn't he working on a, a more recent one? Uh, I,
0: I think, think he they was. may have... He, yeah, he was, but I think um, they actually... I, I don't know the politics behind that, but all I know that they named the uh, Biok has uh, separated it out as a species. Huh,
2: okay.
0: Yeah, I'd love think, to have a copy think, of that. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll send it to you. I think I think Daniel's yeah. thing is he's sort of, uh, I have that paper too, but he sort of split out into, I think it's four or five different groups. He says Northern, Southern, I think there's Biak, Aru, and Australia, right? Northern, okay, Southern, yeah. Biak, Aru, and Australia, five, yeah.
3: I think we got got
2: that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I, I can see the northern and southern for sure. Um, I don't think it's a far reach. The the biog being um, being a separate species. I mean, it could happen, I guess. Um, But like I said, I don't. I haven't seen the papers and uh, seen what they have to say. Right. Okay. But I, I do think, I think the mountain range is is a limiting factor on the north-south stuff.
3: Right. Yeah, that would kind yeah. of get in the way of things.
0: <laughs> you know what, a big <laughs> mountain? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, big it. mountain,
3: tiny snake. I mean, can't really do anything. Kind of, yeah. you know, separate it. Yeah.
0: All right, so since we were talking about breeding let's get a little more specific about what you going have going on uh 2014 2015 pairings i guess i mean i guess your season is kind of like uh just year round when they are sort of go I've, I've noticed that a lot with condros uh, breeders it's just yeah i it's not as uh i really it's Not as what it's not as uh seasonal as say like uh i see with other Moralia
2: hmm yeah um, I know some people do it year-round um, I'm not a big person for cooling I think I think it is kind of important but I, I don't know I'm still my my uh, still weighing weighing that debate you know with my animals um, I tend to put in the fall and early spring just because my temperatures here that's that's is you know when I get the cooler weather And uh, so during the summer, I I just, I kind of just shut them down for the summer. If if I'll beef the females up, if they laid eggs the previous year, I'll, I'll usually give them a year off and I'll use the summertime to, you know, work on a little bit of weight gain. Um, But um, I don't know. I, I that, uh, that that's an issue as far as for me anyways, breeding year round, I just do it kind of in the fall and early spring. Okay.
0: At least here in Texas. So, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's so important that listeners should know that. I mean, when we have all these different guests on from all different spots in the U.S., I mean, it exactly. really yeah. matters what's going on in your area. And, you know, yeah. what
2: works for well, Matt like down to, in I'd Texas like is not going to – go ahead. Yeah, I'd to like to know. know if there's anybody in Florida that breeds me around. That's what I'd like to know.
3: Yeah. That, is I, that, I, I guess age. that would be would that be the place that you'd have to do it it would be a place like Florida and the Southern Belt or something like that I mean I, I doubt mean, we could have, probably yeah. I doubt we could get it going up here year round killing <laughs> Why not? everything killing et- well, what, uh, well, they did it who? didn't
0: uh, Greg Stevens breed year round well I, I don't know
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty he sure he did But yeah, not I'm pretty sure he's day. up
0: here all right.
3: Well, did he have a climate-controlled room, or how'd he do it?
0: Yeah. That's that's we right, well, don't we all have climate-controlled rooms? I
2: don't know. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> uh,
2: I've, I've even heard of people putting a, a window unit in there in AC and just dropping the temperature down like that Man. in their room.
0: Yeah, so. Well, the, Buddy yeah, does the... it year-round. Buddy does it year-round. Yeah. Didn't he just post up pictures of uh, condors breeding? I don't know. Not too long ago,
3: seen them. I would have. I guess I don't know. I haven't seen them, so I'll believe you. I promise. So,
2: yeah. I mean, I've I've still heard stories of people that don't cycle their animals. You know, they don't have any temperature drops, and they still go. So, you know, if that's the case, then you know you can read them all year round.
0: I mean, when you look at, I mean, if you look where chondros are from, basically they're not really. They're not mm-hmm. as seasonal as, say, uh, yeah. you know, animals from Australia. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's why I'm saying that. And I, and I noticed that with, with uh, IJ carpets as well. I mean, to me, they seem to be very similar to uh, Condra keeping because Crap. they don't really need that <laughs> drop down. They're the first ones to breed out of the carpet. You know, it's like a little draft comes right. through and they're like, Oop, time, blue, blue, blue. you know, time to go. But um, so let's talk about your uh, your pairings that you have going on. Um, One that stood out to me was the uh, I'm assuming this is Lemon Tree Line, Lemon B.I. and the Black Pearl. Can you tell us the history of that yeah. pairing and yeah. what you hope to produce with that?
2: Well, I guess I'll start out by saying that uh, my last year bringing attempts were like, Total failure. I couldn't believe it. I mean, this first year i struck out, <laughs> I was so pissed. Um, wow. That one didn't go. Uh, I had four pairings going. You know, I, I, I have four pairings going, hoping to get one or two. And uh, the one year I did that, I had four pairings. And then this year I tried it and got zero. So um, <laughs> that's Chondros for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the <laughs> Living <that's four> <laughs> um, uh she came from uh, a friend of mine here in, uh, down the road, uh, Brooke Burnston. Um And uh, he produced her from uh, a male called Lemon Haze. It was a 2008 pure lemon tree produced by the Stewarts uh, at the barn. And then he crossed her or crossed that male with a uh, red neo Biak, And so it's a half bioc, half tree. That's the male I got. And uh, I actually co own that animal with uh, Barry Manson. Uh, so that's our little project. Um, the black pearl, cool. female, uh, the black pearl female that I paired him up with um, comes from Rob Worrell, uh, a line that uh, he created. Um, it, basically, they're, um, they're zoo bred animals. They're from, uh, I think, the Cincinnati Zoo. Yeah, Cincinnati Mm -hmm. Zoo. Um, uh, They were just um, imports. Uh, Not exactly sure where they came from Uh, at that time. Probably most of those animals in the early 80s were coming out of uh, PNG, Papua New Guinea, on the uh, I guess it's the east side. It's it's, uh, I guess is that the I don't know. Anyway, um, so that came from him, and it's pretty much known for. Um, yellow and black. Uh, It has a lot of yellow and a lot of black in it. Uh, So I thought that would be a good pair. My goal uh, with that pairing uh, was to have high yellow with black in it. That was my goal. Uh, So, And that's, that's really what I want. I want either a high yellow animal with some black on it or a high yellow animal with blue on it. That's really what I'm going for.
0: How difficult do you think that's going to be to reproduce?
2: Um, consistently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I'll think I'll get there uh, right now. It's kind of uh, hit or miss. Uh, I had a real mm-hmm. good, uh, I had some real good luck uh, with the, um, uh, I haven't named it yet, but it's uh, one on my Facebook page. Um, it's a, uh, very high yellow animal with just a little bit of black and green speckling on it. It came from a, uh, a black, the black-headed canary female that I used to own and uh, mm-hmm. a black pearl male. So um, there's there's definitely some uh, some kind of combination going on with those two uh, that worked out really well. Unfortunately, uh, the female got R.I. after she laid eggs, and I lost her. Uh, so um, Oh, wow. That won't happen again, but I've got i got a few babies from her, and uh, actually Bill Stiegel has a couple from that clutch. And uh, oh, cool. So yeah, I don't know uh, right now. Uh, like I said earlier, everything uh, for what I'm trying to produce is pretty much a crapshoot. Hopefully, I'll you know I'll get I'll get some get some of these lines refined and uh, it will be a little more predictable down the road.
0: What about the uh just the lemon tree stuff in general i've heard that that uh, has had some issues with with uh i guess inbreeding maybe is that kind of worked out and yeah out and uh, such
2: i'm uh i'm working on a uh, history of some of the high yellow lines and i'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. the lemon trees first and so i'm having to you know track down a bunch of information uh, which is kind of hard to do uh, especially all the a lot of the People that used to be in the hobby have gotten out, and they're not—you mm-hmm. know, you can't find them. You, you can't find um, records. Uh, they've either lost them, or their computer crashed, and they don't have it. Uh, you know, whatever reason. But uh, some of that information is getting lost, and so I'm trying to go back and get some of this before it's you know gone forever. But anyway, the yellow, the uh, lemon trees what I'm doing first, and uh, it's basically coming from uh, two, three animals that originated uh, most likely from uh, Papua New Guinea originally. And um, they were two, supposedly two related animals and one that wasn't. Uh, So one, a male and a female were related and the other female wasn't. Um, From that, um, some really nice babies were produced and they went all across the country Um, To different people most of them died Uh, a few uh, Greg Schrader had a couple uh, uh, Brother and a sister that he bred and uh, had a few babies from that Uh, But yeah for the most part that line uh, Was problematic in a lot of different ways. There was a lot of unknowns at that time Um, I know that uh, there was a lot of uh, Popping to determine sex and a lot of kinking resulted and so uh, a lot of those females really had complications when they went to lay eggs. Um, ah. So it was, it was kind of known for, for its low uh, fertility and other issues. I mean, there was a lot of husbandry issues, I think, with, with the line. Uh, right. but there's a few, a few out there that made it. And I believe, if my research is correct, I think there's only four pure lemon trees left. Uh, after they're gone, the, the line's dead. I mean, other than the outcrosses, you know, the pure line is dead. Jeez. But, uh, so, um, yeah, there was there was a good amount of inbreeding, in some of that, and uh, but it's a great line. I mean, especially uh, it was really instrumental in some of the really high-end uh, Dreamline stuff. Um, it really really added a, <laughs> a, a a shock value to some of those animals.
0: Right now when you talk about uh black pearl is that a line or is that a specific animal
2: uh it's rob world's line uh rob Roll's probably one of the people that was uh, breeding these things really early on or you know with uh trooper and and those guys eugene uh he started doing them pretty well. he was actually credited for uh, determining the uh uh the 40 days prior to egg de- deposition on ovulation after you know after ovulation uh, he okay was mm-hmm. kind of credited to, to finding that little little key in the, the breeding process uh, but he mainly yeah he he did several lines uh, but this one is one he called black pearls and i don't know where he got that name from but they're basically known for um putting out animals uh, the main thing that they that he would um claim that they would do was they would be changing color they do green and then they would slowly lose the green and go to high yellow uh with a little bit of black on them uh there were a couple of animals that did that it was kind of an inconsistent um happening but it did happen to, mm-hmm. to a few of them uh, i think there was one that was almost 99 percent yellow uh, it was really a phenomenal animal uh, but a wow. lot of them a lot of them were green some of them were green They had black on them some of them were yellow green and black i mean they were, they were all over the court. Uh, but cl- there was there was a few that he had that that did what he said i mean they they turned green first and then they slowly lost the green and uh, or some of the green and had a lot of yellow kind of come back into there mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's so yeah i mean it's, it's basically a line it's one that okay. he uh he kind of produced
0: Cool, uh, I like that. I'm learning about all this high yellow stuff tonight. <laughs> um, what about your uh, Dreamline pairing? What's uh, same questions? What what what's going yeah, on with that? Um, and what do you hope to result?
2: The Dreamline mail, was I, I borrowed that from a, my friend Andrew who lives here in town. He's one of he one of his. Um, he got that one from uh, I think he got that one from uh, Brett Masaman before he passed away, I believe. Um, but the Dreamline, um, that started coming from uh, Jeff Hudson. I think he's the one that was really credited for having that animal first. And I think it actually came from, uh, I think they tracked it down. It was uh, Houston Zoo from the Houston Zoo lines. Um, I think they, had, uh, they actually had the, uh, the stud book numbers for the male uh, and the females, I believe, were confiscated animals uh, that were from the uh, Dallas Zoo. Um, I think that's, the, that's what I understand. Uh, anyway, Jean, uh, Dream uh, was an animal that was very different. It was kind of almost – it looked like a um, – it was faded. kind of looked like a ghost. Um, but Jeff bred her. I think he did her – he had four, four times, I believe um produced uh animals like matrix and uh i think there was uh rick culver uh culver's dream baby uh greg schrader's sickle omelet there's just just some big names out there harvest uh right daydream marduk what dream there's a bunch i mean he that pairing that he did uh with different animals of course um uh, i think the Third clutch was in 2001, and it was with a pure, purebred uh, lemon tree, and that's where mm-hmm. uh, some of those really nice, nice ones came from. Um, and then I think he did one with, with a um, Tim Morris male. Um, I don't know. I don't know much. Uh, I think, I think Pacific came from that one. I could be wrong, but I think specific. Right. I, I don't know if these names mean anything to y'all or not, but they're they're pretty well known. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chondros, in the in the arena,
0: so to speak. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. So cool. um, the Dream On, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's produced some really high-end animals, some really incredible animals. Uh, but that again, that that was uh, I was putting out mail with my uh, my Ben Evans girl uh, mm-hmm. you know melanism was was a a factor in that one and that would that would have been my first uh red neo to red neo pairing i've never done that before that would have been the first one wow okay hmm. and I, to, I know that it doesn't mean much but to me it, it would have, have be pretty cool because i've never done that before i've never had a red to right. red yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, being, you know, I'm was, produced Sure. I don't know if you.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if you hit on this before earlier and said this, but from red to red, can you produce high yellow animals like red babies? Can they turn into? Yeah, definitely,
2: yeah. it's becoming more. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Look mm. at uh, look at David Newman. He's he's going to have some incredible stuff coming up. Uh, he's. Got oh yeah, of- that's yeah. Yeah, a lot of his. I could have forgotten that. Red neo babies. <laughs> yep. Uh, There's other people doing it, too. Uh, I personally, if I had to start over, I would have started over with uh, high yellow animals from yellow neonates. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't – I've been mixing it up. I I tried to get some of that melanism that comes from some of the blue lines. I was trying to to get that into that bloodline. And so some of my, you know, my pairings involved some uh, maroon – um, neos from blue lines. And so, like I said, if I had to do right. over, I probably would have stuck to the all yellow stuff.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Just to see, you know, just to see if it's different. Because there actually is, a, I think there's a difference in a high yellow animal from a yellow neonate as opposed to one from a red neonate. I think the, the yellows are different. Um, the yellows from a red neonate, at least in my my experience, they, they're more, um, they have more orange in them. Uh, mm-hmm. They tend to be not as bright or as vibrant uh, as compared to the ones that uh, are high yellows that come from yellow neonates i think it's a it's a brighter yellow but that's just this is my All observation right. from what i've seen uh, my collection and a couple of others
0: yeah hmm. i i i would think that would make sense i mean if it's already yellow i mean <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> yeah <but laughs> yep i don't know makes sense so, okay what other just, uh, what other parents?
2: Oh, go ahead. No, I, I, that was just a little observation that I noticed, and I I don't know if there's a whole lot of truth to it, but uh, that was just my little two cents on, on the yellow yellow neos. Yeah, we have uh, cool.
0: we have a guest coming on next week, um, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, his name is Travis Wyman. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but um, no. he's a geneticist and one of the Oh, wow. He posted a lot over on the uh, Bush Breeders Forum. But one of the things that I wanted him to specifically kind of research a little bit is uh, uh, chondro genetics and just <laughs> the questions like that. You know what I mean? See, right. I mean, because he comes from the genetic background, uh, he's educated in this stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll see, uh, see if he can hit on any of those kind of questions. Uh, yeah, Way above be awesome. my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to to know a little bit more about the the way the genetics work in the green trees. Yeah.
0: Um, what nice. other pairings are you excited about? Whether it be for next season
2: or oh goodness.
3: season uh, after.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've got. Uh, I'm gonna try. Uh, I think I got. Oh, I think I'm gonna try five pairings this year, <laughs> and hope that one goes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see um, i'm gonna do let's see what do I, I got i got some interesting stuff coming up I, I don't know it's it's hard to say uh what's gonna be my favorite um i did acquire um a another lemon tree animal that was a um um a beak crossed to a bioc as well but it's not it's actually from one of the um, last clutch last clutch that uh, Tim T- Temezzi produced um, and he's the guy that did the lemon tree line um, but it right. was crossed it came from that male um, that a friend of mine had and uh, I recently uh, got that from him and we're gonna cross it we're gonna do the the black pearl female um, but it'll be a different it'll be the same genetic makeup but a different male if that makes sense. Wow. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that because it, it's actually, this one is, this male is less inbred than the other one. Uh, it's it's gotcha. further back in the, in the, in the line. Mm. Um, let's see my male Sundance, which is my Kimberly Burge male, that one that's 90% yellow and with some blue on it. Um, that one's going to go with, actually it's going to go with the very first, um, female that'll be that I produce that is it's breedable that'll be an interesting pair uh, that'll wow. be a, a milestone for me <laughs> so she's cool. uh, finally of age and that'll be that'll, I'm looking forward to that one because the two very high yellow animals um, I'm going to do I'm going to try something different I've acquired a long-term captive a about eight months ago and i'm going to try to recreate um there was an animal that my friend uh, andrew produced called lucky 13 and it came from a pairing between this os male that he had uh crossed uh-huh. with a maruki and uh the mm-hmm. clutch was just outstanding there was a very just a tremendous amount of high yellow animals that came out of that clutch and uh so i'm gonna my theory is is that the this aru female is going to do the same thing and it's just a theory but uh we'll see Uh Uh, i'm hoping for um, a good amount of yellow coming out of this one um let's see the other lemon tree male that i used last year with the black pearl female i'm going to put with uh, the ben evans girl and that's that's the one that uh, that should be a very very cool clutch uh, if that happens um should be some yellow and black in there. Um, she was a yellow, uh, no, he was a yellow neonate and she was a maroon neonate. So, uh, the maroon neos that are that wow. one could be, could be pretty fantastic. Um, and let's see, that's, that's really, I've got one more I'm going to put with an older female, but I'm not putting much hope into that one. And it's, uh, uh-huh. there was an old line, uh, from Jim Vargan. Um, he used to do a bunch of uh, high yellow and high blue stuff. Uh, but uh, I got a older female from a friend of mine, and I'm going to try to pair her up with somebody. I'm not sure who yet, but uh, I don't know. That's about all I got. I mean, it's not anything too spectacular, but uh, hopefully some cool stuff will come out of it.
0: That's some pretty high end pairings, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's yeah, cool yeah, that's, that's nice, right, yeah.
2: Kind of. Uh, high end you know, for me. You know, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, compared to some of the designer stuff, this is, you know, this is this isn't uh, too much uh, yeah. to write home about. But uh, it's, it'll be cool. We'll see. Okay. Um, cool. All right. Um,
0: I had uh, well, I had two more questions before Owen hits on the uh, closing questions. One, um, I was curious with. With the uh, – I heard this on GTP Keeper Radio where they were talking about um, uh, just uh, chondros being at shows and uh, like reptile mm-hmm. shows. And I see the good and the bad in and, and both sides of it and stressful for the animal. And, you know, there's always the dreaded mites that you could get, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. Right. But to a certain extent, I mean, especially since you and, you and Dave are the guys that are writing the – uh, beginners, you know, type of, uh, you know, the questions that they ask, wouldn't it be good to have dedicated chondro breeders at rather than, you know, your jobber that's there, that's going yes, to tell misinformation.
2: By all you means. Know? Yes, I agree okay. wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, those, uh, those guys, uh, as David likes to call them, flesh peddlers, uh, I don't think they're, they're good. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's I, a good one. I, I, I like really, that. Uh, I, I really don't think that they're real good. I mean, I guess there, there are some out there that probably know a little bit, but for the most part, um, I, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, I think that, you know, if, if the breeders, um, you know, captive bred breeders were, were, uh, there at those shows to give good information um i think it'd be a much better experience for a lot of these people um and you know and even discourage these people i mean they get a lot of these impulse buyers that go in and they just buy a, a condo go, oh this is cool I always wanted one of these and you know if they buy it from one of these right jobbers they, you know half the time they don't know the right way to set them up and uh, right. end up with a big right. snake or, or you know them coming on the mbf going hey uh you know my snake's dying, what do I do? So Not to yeah, mention that. that it's probably know, somebody uh, that, that knows what they're I mean.
0: Yeah, I was going to say not to mention the fact that it's probably, you know, a freshly imported animal and, you know, yeah, it's already stressed sure, right. to the max. So, you know, right. it's going to require
2: a little more uh, TLC that uh, probably, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. a new so keeper a little is bit more going experienced
4: to be yeah.
2: yeah. And most of the yeah. guys that are selling, selling these animals, you know, they, they're they there for that show and then they're gone. You can't get a hold of them or they won't answer your phone calls mm-hmm. or, you know, you don't get the support you would with a, you know,
3: uh, right. a, a
2: breeder. If he die,
3: yeah, come I, back, I'll give you another one. You know. I'm yeah. Yeah.
0: out of them. Yeah. No wonder he calls them flesh petters. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I I have been thinking about this a lot as far as uh, you know, the topic in particular, and one of my thoughts is, is that I've seen some YouTube videos of some pretty well-known people going around, and when they talk about a species that maybe they're not as versed in as, say, somebody who really is into that species, um, mm-hmm. they tend to put misinformation out there and even though it's just subtle little things and and it i don't know it just it it seems like if if these people are well known in the hobby and i don't think they're doing it on purpose but i just think that they're talking about something that they may not know 100 percent. an example would be i saw people talking about scrub pythons and and again this is a pretty well-known person and i don't think that it was because they were trying to spread misinformation, but when they were talking about it, clearly they had a Halmahara scrub in their hand and they were calling uh-huh. it a bar neck, you know. There's and I'm sitting there just scratching my head, like uh, how can you be saying that? And maybe just because I am versed in scrubs, that to me that stands out. Whereas somebody that's maybe not as versed in scrubs. Does not so I mean with all the different localities and designers and bloodlines of chondros, you would think that the same could possibly happen. Um, yeah,
2: it definitely could. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I you know, with chondras, um I I think that uh, I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't see it happening too too much with with our group, uh, the ones that I you know deal with. Um, no, I don't think <laughs> yeah. too much of that at all. So. Uh, yeah, somebody else. Uh, I can definitely see that happening.
0: Yeah, that's why it's so important to go to people that, you know, I don't know. I preach it all the time that if you're going to go and get an animal, sure. yeah. you should go from the people that are most excited about that species. That's that's you get it from exactly. You know
2: exactly. They they're gonna they're gonna want what's best for that animal that they're giving you, and I mean they spent you spend a lot of time. I mean you 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 know, raise these things up, you've bred them, you've, you've cared for them. Uh, and I'm not going to just sell this to somebody that, that's going to not want to take care of it or not know how to take care of it. I want to make sure they're set up. I want to make sure that they have the right stuff, uh, you know, the right, you know, environment before, before they get this animal. I want to make sure right, it's going right. to survive.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I did have. One other question before Owen hits on his questions is, uh, I was admiring your photograph photographing skills, uh, as I was flipping through your pictures <laughs> and I was curious if you had any, uh, <laughs> tips or tricks on, uh, you know, uh, on how you take such killer photographs.
2: Oh, I, I'm, uh, am pale in comparison to some of the people that do condo photography. Um, I, I don't know. I've got, uh, I've got a, a Nikon an old digital Nikon, uh, that i use and i have a, a pretty decent uh, 105 um, millimeter macro uh, lens that i use outside i like taking outside pictures um i don't do too good with the flash photography um i i don't know i just i get out there and play around i i really don't know a whole lot of what i'm doing um i take good photos i take a lot of pictures and hope to get good one of them, you know one good picture um <laughs> I, don't, I really Uh, I think that uh, Uh you know, with a with a good camera and and good lighting, uh, you're going to get a good picture. But uh, you know, it's also having a good eye. Uh, I guess I'm lucky with some of my pictures. Of course, you know, you don't see the 10,000 bad pictures I took. You only see the one decent picture. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) That That, that (laughs) is true. That is true. So uh, I figure if I, the mo- the most more I take, the better chance that I have of getting one good one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what stand out, what stood out to me
0: in particular, is the uh, attention of the focus that you have on the animal's yeah. <clears throat> head and eyes and face, and I don't know, it just seems that you, and I guess that does make a difference. Um, it does. Having yeah. Those, uh, uh,
2: focused in. Yeah, the macro lens that I have on my camera is really, it's a great lens. And uh, uh, I definitely will give the credit to the lens. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling.
0: <laughs> yeah, No doubt. Okay, cool. All right, Owen, why don't you uh, Sweet. hit on the closing? All right. All um, right. So, Matt, why don't
3: you tell us if you could have any reptile in the world, with no exceptions, whether it be price or legality, what would it be (laughs) and why?
2: Oh, goodness. Uh, I know, right? So many choices. Um, (laughs) uh, I guess, well, when I got married, I I made one promise to my wife. I said, I'm not going to keep any hot snakes anymore. She didn't want me to. So Uh-oh. I said, okay, that's fine. Um, uh-huh. I only broke that promise once, but that's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would go with something hot. Um, I love eyelash vipers. Uh, but I think ultimately I would go with, um, Cotallus lepidus lepidus, the mottled rock rattlesnake. I think that's what I'd go with.
3: Wow. That is like the most cool. specific we've ever gotten with like a what I would get with Latin and everything. I mean, Christ!
2: Wow, uh, I, I just love those animals. I think they're cool.
3: Well, the, venom, the venomous have come up a few times. It's almost like people want to get into that just because. And but it's like no restrictions means I can get venomous. Sweet. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Some people actually said king cobra before, so that was. So you're okay, not that really. far off. You're not. You're not the craziest. I think we've yeah. had three Komodo dragons too.
2: Anyway, yeah, yeah, I just love those guys.
3: Awesome. Well, I have to look them up Sent. but I, the picture of them isn't coming to my head, so I have to look them up now.
2: Yeah, they're they're pretty neat. Um, they're they're what I like about them is is uh, at least here in Texas, they uh, they take on different colors depending on the rock formations in that area they come from. So you can That's have some awesome. that are kind of. Kind of a buckskin color you know in one formation and then you know 20 30 miles away they, they come pink because the rock is more reddish and pink in this area um, i mean they're just really variable they're really cool i like them.
3: that is awesome that is awesome all right so next one is if you could go herping anywhere in the world where would it be and what would you hope to see
2: ah uh, let's see Going to be a jungle somewhere. Um, I guess I'll probably Papua New Guinea. I would just love to pop see. I'd love to see green tree pythons in the wild. I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, plus, there's uh, there's a whole bunch of other badass stuff over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, know, um, yeah, so you can
3: think, stumble on choice. a Bolands or something.
2: Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah.
3: That is cool.
2: I think that's where I would uh, go. Be,
3: that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, awesome. So that's all I got. Um, but uh, Eric, did you have anything else you wanted to add? i will take that as a no. <laughs> I don't know what happened. To you. <laughs> Hello, oh, I sorry, he my just, mic.
4: I, I would, guess you just no, hung up. I
3: mean, like you know, yeah. <laughs> Eric's like, no, and <laughs> no, he hangs up real quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I would just say thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate uh, definitely you know all the info oh. that uh, yeah. I'm spending some time with us and. Chatting well, up some. Comments,
2: I lo- always loved. It. Yeah, awesome. I love the I love the animals. Uh, I don't claim to know everything. I'm always learning something new. So, uh, it's, it's been fun. Definitely, yeah. very
3: cool. And we we'll to have you back again.
2: And uh, thanks. Sure. Thanks for putting together
0: that uh, that uh, that list. And. Um, uh, you know all the uh, topics that you hit on I'm assuming that you're going to keep going with it because you guys seem to be adding more and more Yeah, to it, we uh, uh,
2: we're not we're not every time to check halfway it out Done and we still got some some other things coming along. Um, I think that uh, As soon as we get a chance, we're gonna there's a couple more sections that we're gonna add to it um, trying to remember what we tried to remember what we've done and what we haven't done, but um, uh, I think that we got one on cleaning coming up, I think common health issues, common behavior issues, uh, I think we got uh, a glossary, not a glossary, but a uh, recommend reading page, and uh, a links page that we're going to put into all that. With uh, I think all that will be real helpful. Very cool. Cool. Very
0: cool. Yep.
3: Well, keep our eyes will go for that stuff. Yeah, we'll-
0: <laughs> One more thing. If somebody wants to yeah. uh, to reach out to you to uh, to, to see when, how can they do that? Uh,
2: Facebook, oh, email. Um, uh, yeah, I think the uh, uh, Facebook probably be the easiest. Just um, under Matthew Morris is, is what my page is, and um, or over on the MDF. If they're a member over there, they can they can uh, PM me in either place. It'd be the best thing to do. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right, man.
0: Uh, well, thanks, again, guys. Appreciate you coming on and uh, hanging out with us.
2: Oh no problem. Anytime, anytime.
3: All right. Awesome. Well, you have a good night. Have all right. Good
2: all right. Take care, guys. Bye. See ya.
0: Cool. Always love the condro shows. Uh, I know the uh, the fans are always uh, loving the Condro shows as well. So glad. Yeah, we we, could, we uh, have
3: to rope in we have to rope in all the animals over in the chat room. I mean. Uh, again, it was one of those nights where I had to like throw my phone across the room because of the conversation going on in the chat room. So,
0: yeah, it's pretty bring, wild bring, stuff. To
3: sure. Bring those suckers into heel. I mean, unfortunately, the ringleader is uh, Bill, and uh, I've placed <laughs> all the blame on him. So, but other than that, it was a it was a fun show. I always like the conscious stuff. it, tells me how I fail in comparison. So, you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm keeping i'm keeping mine up.
3: alive so far it's good so yeah
0: well I don't know i mean I, you know we've had this this talk before sometimes I think that uh well I think the condo keeper in particular is somebody that's very uh particular about certain things and
3: meticulous that and, carries, you know, all sort of stuff yeah
0: yeah very meticulous with uh <laughs> very meticulous when it comes to you know record keeping and you know yeah. and cleaning and feeding and all that kind of stuff so yep. um, us carpet people are more you know you
3: still got to show me how to do batch feedings on the Reptiscan because um, yeah I've been lazy so uh, yeah oh. that might help
0: Shh, what are you quiet. doing so, man uh, you're letting me I down
3: <laughs> well, obviously <laughs> I mean that's nothing new so uh
0: anyway cool. yeah um let's see uh let me get my uh let me get my quick to the schedule together what happened
3: quick to the schedule we yep. need to know what's going on next week
0: well next week like i said we have uh uh Travis Wyman joining us to talk genetics um, Sweet. which should be cool. So if you have, uh, any questions as far as genetics go, make sure to let us know. Um, he's been on, uh, a few podcasts and, uh, has talked mainly, um, well, I guess he's talked Python genetics in general, but, uh, most of the people, most of the ones that have had him on have all been, um, ball Python, uh, you know, uh, Or an, uh, I can't think of the word. Damn it! I'm at a loss for words lately. What the heck is going on? Is it a
3: type of? (laughs) Is it a? Is it an animal? Fish? Vegetable?
0: (laughs) No, I'm just saying that it's ball python oriented shows. So you know when they're talking genetics, it seems to really hit on those specific type of of things. So uh, you know I I wanted to talk to him maybe about more. Uh, outside the box type of genetics. I wanted to specifically talk maybe about more along the lines of um, just the difference between what I call herper genetics as opposed to like real
3: actual science genetics. Real, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> actually going on, you know. Um, so, yeah, it should be a very interesting show for sure. And he's, he's definitely, he's an awesome guy. So. Look forward to that. Then the week after that, Owen, you're on your own. I don't know what the heck you're doing. Oh,
3: son of a bitch. Uh, Well, (laughs) I barely know what I'm doing, but uh, actually, I think we're going to do – we're actually going to do – some people have asked for this one. It's a product review show, and we're going to have me, Matt Minotola, and Zach Baez on, and we're going to go through because three of us, we each keep our snakes in very different things and use very different kind of products. Uh, I know Zach uses some – plastic tubs plastic bins you can go through how to set that up whether they're good buys or good not i have cages i don't know matt uses racks we're going to go through the pros and cons of like each being of using all these different kinds of things different computer systems stuff like that uh and then we're just going to keep bullshitting until eric comes back so
0: <laughs> very good very, very good. good um yeah, that should be cool for sure We'll see. Might have to, yeah. uh, so what do you have in a product review roundtable? All right.
3: I, I see pretty that. much. It's almost like, you know, what do you use to keep your condros in? All right, you use this. Well, why is it good? What does it do? How much does it cost and is it worth it? How about you? What do you do? Right. Well, I keep my condros in here. So, yeah. Between the three of us, I think we have some very different things. I know those two have pretty much the same kind of setups when it comes to their condros, But Zach has those tip bins and I just throw them in cages. Um. So, yeah We'll see how it goes, it might be fun so, Or yeah, it might be horribly definitely. boring And I'll wish I'll ne- you never left me again So, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll
3: um, ban you so from I'll vacation time It's, yeah I,
0: I, I'll be listening from sunny Florida And I'm sure it'll be entertaining as it mm-hmm. always is So, I'd like play to play
3: recordings of your voice So you can't listen to it Because you can't listen to yourself it's... So if I play recordings yeah. of yourself You won't listen, so, yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, um, just so everybody knows, it's official. We will be at Tinley Park. Uh, Holy crap! Talking about this. Um, I was hoping that we would head down. I was hoping that that we would be able to head down to the uh, NARBC show in Texas. However, uh, work has delayed and derailed that. We derailed that for me. So.
3: Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's there's <laughs> several reasons that we can't make yeah. it. But we will we'll try for next year. But if you and I go to Australia in sixteen, that ain't gonna happen again. So well maybe we'll get down there. Uh,
0: I got an Australia story for you. So oh on. Oh I'm oh. <laughs> uh, um, I get a text message today and uh, yeah. it comes in from my wife. Uh, yeah, she, it comes in from my wife, and basically she sends me this thing about uh, a trip to Australia. I think it was like a thousand bucks for eight days. Holy, um, holy
4: crap! Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah, do that.
0: She, she got it on Groupon, and she's like, "Yeah, ah. you know." <laughs> so I don't know. It's 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 gonna happen in twenty sixteen. So damn it's right, like it's gonna bad.
3: happen. A thousand dollars. Thank you, Groupon. <laughs> yeah, right. We have to make sure it's not like one of the. We have to make sure it's not like Sydney because we don't want to go to Sydney. We want a plane to drop us off in the middle of the bush, and theoretically, one of us may not make it back. I mean, like yeah, if we're in Alice imminent Springs danger of death. Or
4: like that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
3: I want I want us to have to worry about where we might sleep tonight for fear of death. <laughs> all right, so that's the only way nice. we're going to do this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's how I want to don't, do it. Don't exactly. go near the water
3: token. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, that kind of stuff.
0: Eric just got, a, no, no. got eaten by a salty.
3: crocodile oh, ate um, him. And it's not even didn't even like satisfy his hunger. I mean, Christ.
0: <laughs> just an appetizer.
3: Just um, an appetizer. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> I'm similar. I'm similar to a mozzarella stick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, so many places I can go with that, but I'm just going to leave it be. <laughs> yeah. Just let, <laughs> just, it just let it go. Let it go. We're going to let it
0: go. Move forward. Right. Oh my God. All right. So we will be, <laughs> yes,
4: we will be at Tindley the, uh, NARPT
0: <laughs> show at Tinley park on October 10th and 11th. Uh, so, uh, stop on by me and Owen will be set up in carpet row. Um, I know that, uh, we'll be there with, uh, Zach and Matt Matt will be set up with uh, with his awesome animals. Uh, I think I think Zach might be bringing a few. I'm not sure. Um, yeah but uh, but me and Owen will be there. look for the Morelia Python radio banner. come over say hello. We always love uh, putting names with faces and uh, getting to know the, the the people that support the show. So I look forward to uh, to meeting you all. Um uh, we haven't thrown this out there in a while so I'm gonna throw it out. I'm probably gonna try to throw this out as much as possible but uh, we got to give some love to US Arc. Uh, if you're not a Definitely. member, go over to usarc.org and uh, sign up um, get on their mailing list so that if anything comes down the pike, you know uh, exactly what's going on. you're
3: prepared yeah. Um, Yes. i hate to break it to anybody who buys from me when i ship you animals uh there is a dollar donation to us arc i don't tell you about so uh sorry Um, uh, but your shipping is <laughs> probably quoted at a dollar more so don't care anyway um it's yeah. just one of the things i think everybody could do, uh the buck so uh but yeah go sign up give the love to us Ark, give a donation buy a t-shirt uh they'll be at NARBC too. Uh, you can always do a donation there as well. And every once in a while, they set up a booth at any of the shows to buy t-shirts or something like that. At. But yeah.
0: Yeah. And, um, one of our, uh, I was going to throw this out there. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're doing this, but, uh, I'll probably have to get with, uh, get with the guys over at ship your reptiles just to clarify. But, um, what they do is they, they set up ship your reptiles there and, Uh, Say that you're at uh, uh, Tinley Park and and you want to pick up uh, a wonderful carpet python uh, from uh, me and Owen and then you got your eyes set on a Borneo and you don't know how to get it home uh, because you took a plane there. Well, fortunately, those guys have a booth set up where you can go over and they'll ship your animal out to you and uh, you can jump on the plane and your animal will arrive safe and sound. Um, yeah. you know, the next, yeah. I guess, Monday. I don't you know. Yeah. I, know
3: I mean, are, are you, are you telling me that ship your reptiles will in fact ship your reptile?
0: Yes. From Tinley Park. Oh, wow.
3: Well, my, my God. <laughs> it's so much like it's right there in the statement. Yeah. But that is awesome that you can do that. Cause I mean, otherwise you would have had to pack your own box, uh, which I've seen people pack their own box at the show and then they have to hang around till Monday, drop off. The box at a FedEx facility, and then catch their plane, and then receive the box on Tuesday. You now can go do what you've got to do, fly home, and ship your reptiles. We'll take it from there, and they will be the ones to drop off the package. They'll send it to where it needs to go, and it'll arrive to you after you've gotten home. So,
0: yeah, that's a win-win, awesome. man. A win-win, it is. So glad it's Glenn one less thing you got to worry about yeah <laughs> yeah no doubt
3: we just um, we just drive like crazy people so we don't need to worry about flying <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's only what 15 hours or something like that
3: uh, i don't want to do it again but all right <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's anyway, worth it though it is it is it is so uh yeah radio dot com. check that out uh, that's our website Um uh, all the info that you would need about the show or about Morelia in general. It's all right there uh, for you guys to check out. Um, if you have a question or a comment, you want to send us a, send us an email, feel free to drop us a line at info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, guest topic, etc., etc. Uh, you know, and give our Facebook page a like. I didn't tell you. But I bought some ads on Facebook for Morale Python Radio. Uh, Is Facebook that why it's page. been
3: cropping up all over the place? Like, how do I tell it that yeah. I'm a co host and I know what's going on? So, like the page. <laughs> no, I do like the page.
0: <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> like the yeah. page and it'll go.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, all right then. Yeah. We can make this all stop if you like the page.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I was curious to see uh what kind of results we would get from uh from that um so yeah uh murray python radio facebook page that's kind of where we post uh, the news and upcoming events and uh, i try to share something a day uh, that i see that relates to the world of morelia or pythons in general um, so check that out you can follow us on twitter at murray python Uh, the show, you can go get it over on iTunes, uh, download it for free. Um, you know, uh, I think if you're using Android or whatever, whatever your podcast app of choices, you can, uh, you can get it from, from there as well. Just type in Maria Pythons radio and, uh, it'll pop up there for you. Um, I was just going to say something else and now I'm forgetting. Uh... Hmm. Carpet Fest, the Northwest Carpet Fest, um, has moved to October 3rd. Um, and I think they rearranged some dates so they could have both Nick Mutton and Casey Lazick there, uh, which is pretty oh, cool. Nice. Uh, those guys are pretty big players in the, uh, Morelia world. So, uh, be cool to hang out with those guys. Uh, Doug Taylor is, uh, hosting it. Uh, and it's, uh, right in the Seattle area. Um, so they're doing, um, they're doing a US ARC auction. So if you're interested in uh, donating for that, uh, get in, co- in contact with Amy, um, go over to the Northwest Carpet Fest page um, and you can uh, check out what they have going on. Uh, so don't forget it's uh, October 3rd, uh, which kind of sucks because now I can't go. I don't know about yeah. you, but that's the week before Tinley, and like, I can't have two money weekends off it? in a row.
3: You're right. <laughs> let me go. Let me go look at my giant bag of gold that I keep hidden from you people. Oh <laughs> nope, tis tis barren. Yeah, it's, well, if the you hell, could hell buy, you. To buy like rough
0: skills every week, you would be all right. But, I do not
3: buy them every week. I bought one girl, and therefore <laughs> I am now spent.
0: God. Yes. Speaking of which, why haven't we had uh, David on the show? I don't and know. Let's Ruff do that. Scales. I know. Yeah. I've been
3: googling over his rough scales, and I have one now. So
0: yeah, maybe uh, we'll get yeah. him on and get him to. The, uh,
3: he's a green tree python guy too. So yeah. Well,
0: he's All he's right. the guy that won uh, won the contest last year uh, for like? the, the picture in the calendar. Oh, oh, David. Yeah, the yeah the day, I re- right? I
3: re- yeah, I remembered that.
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no. Speaking <laughs> of which, that's going to be coming yeah. up soon, and uh,
3: the calendar uh, competition. And oh my god, it already. <laughs> <Yeah. 'Cause laughs> it's our, like the calendar competitions. Year. Christ, the calendar competitions coming up. The anniversary show is coming up. Before we know it, we'll be doing the damn holiday show. Holy yeah. crap!
0: And then we'll have two weeks off. Yeah, these past couple weeks have been so stressful for me. I don't know why, but work's been crazy. You know, seventy hours a week at work, uh, doing this show, like taking care of so snakes. much fun. Yeah, uh, which is know, why I love like it when non-stop.
3: people stop. Why I love it when people were like, you know, uh, somebody was like, "Admin, add me to the pick of the week." add me, add me, add me. I'm like, shut your damn mouth. I will get to you when I get to you. It's like <laughs> we don't do this for a living. I'm not here at your beck and call. Anyway, I digress. Um, Speaking, so oh, that's, what I uh, that's, that's what I was
0: going to mention. Go for it. That's what I was going to mention. Our Facebook group page is Morelia Pick of the Week. Um, I think along with Morelia Pick of the Week, uh, I'm a big fan of Morelia etc., I would like to see more, et cetera, on on there. So uh, if you're into other things uh, and you want to show off to the Morelia family, go over to Morelia, et cetera, and and post up what you got going on. Uh, And I want to throw a shout-out for the other group page uh, that uh, recently cropped up uh, is uh, the Morelia Breeders uh, Classified page. Um, Yep. Basically, what you're looking at there is uh, if if they produce the animal, they're selling the animal. Um, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. So,
3: mm-hmm. um, to post on it, you had to have to made the baby. I mean, to post on that forum, you have to on that classified. You had to have produced the animal and are currently taking care of that animal. And this way, all it, it's coming from you, and that's uh, to cut back on some of the people who you know buy clutches and wholesale who don't really know what they're talking about or various other things. It's just basically a way to do that. And it's a, it's a good group. I mean, I've already had a few sales come from it just because people go there to look straight from the breeder. So I like it.
0: Right. I mean, keep posting
3: on it. So yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, So yeah, that's what I got as far as that goes. As far as myself personally, I'm Emorelia Morelia. You can follow me on my Facebook page at EBMorelia. Uh, check me out on Twitter. When um, I do have Instagram. I haven't been posting on there much lately, but uh, yeah, you can check that out. Um, my website is uh, ebmorelia.com. If uh, you want to get in contact with me about uh, anything that I have available or questions or anything of the such, you can contact me at eric at ebmorelia.com. Um, and that's all I got.
3: Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Uh, we have, it's some parts of it are being updated, but the main part, which is the babies for sale, that is all current. Um, also, you can go and look up rogue-reptiles at facebook.com to get latest happenings at Rogue as well as uh, the for sale ads over there. Um, also, if you have a baby that you've purchased from us and wish to submit the picture to be put in the sold baby's album, please just email me uh, through the website or PM me on Facebook with the picture as well as when you bought it. And if it, the animal has a name, shoot that to me too, and I'd be happy to throw it up for you. Um, always love seeing the guys that have left the nest. Um, as far as shows go, the only show we have coming up for rogue is first one will be tinley park chicago in october and then the weekend after tinley park will be having the hamburg reptile show so uh depending on how well i do at tinley will be how many animals i will bring to hamburg so if you're expecting to get an animal from me at hamburg i would suggest trying to secure it before i go to tinley so again all through the website if you want to see updated pics of animals let us know uh, I should be attending uh, the Habit Grace Reptile Show this weekend, as well as the White Plains Reptile Show. I think it's sometime in September. Um, if you want us to deliver a baby to the sh- one of those shows that can be arranged free of charge, just let us know, and we'll work stuff out. Uh, other than that, I will say thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you guys next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.
1: create the reptile report The reptile report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world visit the ReptileReport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information we encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news photos and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you the reptile report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our Buy Now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. It also gets fed to the reptile report and our powerful marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit thereptilereport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit shipreptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related.